Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 466 for the week of June 23rd. I'm Chris Privetier. I'm bringing you RP Gamer's weekly news show about RPGs. Joining me today, Anna Marie Privetier. <sighs> Kelly Ryan. She just saw your Steam spend and is very disappointed. Josh, whose last name just escaped me. <laughs> Carpenter, yeah. Carpenter, yeah. Carpenter. <laughs> I'm here so long as the tornadoes don't blow me away. And I'm Chris Privetier, along with Anna Marie Privetier. <sighs> Kelly Ryan. Hello. And Josh Carpenter. Hello again. <laughs> and I'm Chris Privetier, here with Anna Marie Privetier. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm Great. driving... I go around roundabouts, and I never get off the roundabout. It drives Anna Marie crazy. My husband used to do that, too, just to annoy people. <laughs> you are kindred spirits. It's fun. Like, we. So I, I was trying to bring that experience to the home listener. No? See, I thought you were just stuck in an infinite loop. <laughs> there is the theory of the Mobius. A twist in the fabric of space. Um... Let's see. There's no E3 this past week, so that's good, right? Yay. Certainly won't be overwhelmed. Yes. <laughs> uh, makes this unlikely to be a four-hour marathon. Yeah, let's hope so. I don't know. Have you guys seen Chris's no playing list? I think it is going to be a four-hour marathon. <laughs> oh, I don't think I have that much to say about most of those. So, I mean, here's the thing is we're going to let Chris go first. Uh-oh. Because here's the thing is we're going to tie this back into E3 very briefly. One of the things that happened at E3 is they talked about the Game Pass that Xbox has. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we'd heard about it before. and But Chris, at this point, was like, yep, you know what? It sounds like it's cool enough now that I'm going to invest in it and give no, it a try. No, apparently, it sounds like it's going to be cool enough. And in the meantime, they said, we're going to make it cool later this year. For now, it's a dollar. Give it a shot. So I said, okay. And they also said, also, it's half-priced on Amazon. So I bought a year's worth of subscription on Amazon. And I didn't tell Anna about that part. Um, I thought you just put in a dollar! <laughs> yeah, I, I've, got a, I've got codes for two six-month subscriptions that I'll pop once the Game Pass is not garbage. <sighs> <laughs> I wanted to have... So for the price of one game, I've got a year of many games. Okay. But you know, this means that I'm not going to let you buy eight friggin' million games on Black Friday now, right? No, why? You, Because they're going to be on the damn Game Pass. Oh, you wish. <laughs> the third-party games aren't on there. Let's talk about Xbox Game Pass, shall we? Yes, so you played a bajillion games on the Game Pass this that week. That have been here since they started this thing. Yeah. Um, let's see, where's the, the store? And you finished, like, three of them. No. I finished one of them, Anna. Oh. <laughs> it felt like you finished. It, it felt like I finished three of them. <laughs> I finished one of them. All right. But it was cool watching you play it. Mm-hmm. So it, let's see. And it was great because I got some insight because I talked to one of the people that worked on it while he was playing it and got like really weird insights into it. Well, that was... Uh, so the game Anna's talking about is I played Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. And I have a friend that works a way forward. Yeah. 
In, in my opinion, that's that was the best of the Shante games. Oh, really? Yeah. It was pretty good. I found it to be a little unbalanced, and some of the things they ask you to do with your character are very extreme, I feel. Spikes! <laughs> but oh, maybe... Are you talking... Are you talking the gauntlet where you have to run? Oh my gosh, uh, that thing tops? is. Yeah, that thing was. Um, no, that was that was annoying, but not the worst. Like the end boss castle was crazy hard. Oh yeah. And um, there yeah. were also like things to get bonus things. Were like, actually, no, the bonus things I didn't mind. If it was for a bonus heart container or whatever, I you know I accept that should be hard. It was for just regular things i'm like you're requiring the player to be very coordinated here and this is taking me a while to do and it's like okay i can do it i i understand i need to get my skills up to this i'm not used to games pushing people this hard <laughs> i played too many rpgs i guess <laughs> I played too many I, modern I, games <laughs> i thought the platforming in that game was very manageable uh but okay maybe i'm just very mlg I think that's what it is. You are you are the true RP gamer MLG. So we're gonna send you to the championships. Uh, you're gonna represent us in the Dragon Ball Fighter Z tournament. We need you to get all seven Dragon Balls, because then okay. that changes how the end the tournament actually ends. If one person gets all the Dragon Balls, it's really weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I shall button mash my way through that. So what did I do? Uh, so I was looking through the catalog. You have you have great games. Uh, he said sarcastically, like, Pro Evolution Soccer 2018 and MotoGP 17 and Stave Decay 2. Actually, that's... People like that game. Um, and The Division? The Division. People like that game. Fallout 4 was just added. Um, I think Division was just added, too. Ooh, but... Disneyland Adventures. Yep, Disneyland Adventures, okay, which I, I think we it. own <laughs> for Connect. Do we have a Connect? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we have a Connect, and it works. Um, the thing is, I think the versions of the games in here have been modified to not need Connect. Hmm. Poor Connect. So the first thing I played, one of the first things, okay, so let's let's talk about Shantae. Shantae was really good. The music's amazing. The game's really good. It's a Metroidvania. Um, we're gonna we're gonna come and circle back in the Metroidvania point later, but uh, Metroidvania, it, it's something I didn't realize before, and so I. Um, said oh yeah that's a metroidvania and i've been meaning to play it so i've got this game pass in front of me this game's on it i'm just gonna play that um or i already owned it i'm not sure which it is it's hard to tell once you have game pass whether or not the the games that show up on your thing are ones that you own or if they're in the game pass or you got them from games with gold or whatever so i, th I think that's on the game pass so anyway it, so, it, it can't be worse than the playstation thing of just tossing everything in your download list and good luck finding it can it it is better mm -hmm. than that yes and i know because i went over to playstation trying to do well playstation 4 if you're on the ps4 there is a menu similar to the xbox menu where you can just look at your games that you own that aren't installed mm -hmm. there is that so they yeah. do have that so you get in that that's about the level of functionality you get on the xbox too so they're, they're not they're about equal not there too different yeah um, Xbox does some additional things like showing you here's things that you have updates available here's what's queued for install and stuff and it's harder to tell that on PS4 but um, it, neither of them have great interfaces right <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, that download list thing on PS4 is a sin <laughs> they need to do something about that <laughs> oh my gosh especially if you're looking for like a PSP title good, good luck 
You oh, have yeah. to find when you, about uh, when you bought it and then start scrolling through the list to that date. That's the only way to figure it out. And how do you do that? You use the PSDLE extension on your browser. <laughs> That's right. Third-party extensions are required if you need to download a PSP title. <laughs> All right. I- ignoring that for the moment. Uh, I had the Game Pass thing. Shantae was, Shantae was really good. Um, I finished the whole thing, 100% of it. I had to get help for, like, two things, two collectibles out of the entire game from a guide. I was able to find everything else myself, so that felt good. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I did feel like, well, whatever. It, it was still a really good game, and nobody comes to me for my commentary on Metroidvania platforming quality. So, um, yeah, so that was cool. And I finished a game. I started game this week, guys, and I finished it. When has that ever happened? Um, it's happened a couple times with really short indie games, like Thomas was alone or something. Okay. (laughs) It doesn't happen often. (laughs) What? Someone just threw up a little crying. That that was meme. (laughs) I, I was cheering you finishing a game. <laughs> with a crying Isaac? Yes, yeah. with the crying Isaac. Okay. He's he's crying because he's happy. Oh, oh I see. Right. He's, he's crying right. in joy. So if you don't know what the heck we are talking about, um, we stream, stream live at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, um, every Saturday while we record the podcast. And you two could be throwing emojis at Chris that he actually can't see. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying out the Twitch extensions, um, and this one looked really stupid. So I said, "That's the one for us. Let's let's turn that on." <sighs> All right. So, <clears throat> in addition to Shantae, here's some other things I tried out on um, on Xbox One and some reviews for them. So, Tumblestone, which is like um, magical. No, what's the what's the game that that's like? I don't even know. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a, a traditional match three or Tetris type game. And no, it's a game where you sh- you shoot up from the bottom of the screen and try to tag things that are the same color and then they disappear. Bust a move? Uh, uh, no, because then you're shooting orbs and the orbs you shoot up are one of the things that can match. Here you have to, you're peeling away thing. You don't shoot, you shoot up to select. You don't actually shoot anything up. So it's like you need to peel things off the stack at the top of the screen in the right order. Otherwise, you won't have three of the right color exposed, and then you fail the stage. Uh, I said, oh, this is too puzzly. I don't want to play this, so I moved on. Um, Then I I loaded up Super Dungeon Bros, um, which is um, a game based off of a Super Dungeon Explorer, sort of, kind of. And I went into that, and they talked about rocking, and I skipped through the cutscenes, and then I... I mashed the A button a couple of times and said, no, nah, I'm not in the mood for this. <laughs> is is that the one where they're all named after rock stars? So I think Axel... so. Yeah. 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 Um, they they're de- definitely go with a heavy metal theme. It's also where we got like <laughs> our appointment was handled really poorly at some packs or something like that. No, it, that's the one that it was handled just fine. That was the one that the guy was like, brah, we're going to play some games, brah. I thought this was the same one that the you had to go back because when it was the first time they couldn't get... Oh, what was that game then? Different game. Oh, was it also based on Super Dungeon Explorer? Maybe. I don't know. But okay. yeah, I, I had a ton of fun. If it's if it's the... Yeah, it is. It's the rock one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Show me a screenshot. Uh, oh, on the stream? Okay. Super yeah. Dungeon Bros. And everyone's talking <clears throat> like... um. Super Dungeon Bros... 
I remember when they released the Yes, uh, yes, I loved playing this game. Yeah. Because the guy was like, You are a bro. And I'm like, bra mm-hmm. And he's like, Bra, let's rock out. Because mm-hmm. I remember when they released the female expansion for the game, I was very tickled that they were all named after Lady Rockers. Yes. There's a female expansion? There is yeah. a female yeah. expansion. Apparently I don't have that fry of the game pass, so I didn't nope, see that up. But you can get it for ten percent off because oh, you own the game pass. No, I hate this. This is my number one complaint about the game pass is if I'm subscribing to the games, it should come with all the DLC. Okay. Because no. what because I hate the idea that I'm going to buy the DLC for a game, potentially unsubscribe from the Game Pass and have ga- DLC for a game I don't own. So, if you have the Game Pass or have owned the Game Pass, you can buy the game for like up to a percentage off. Yeah, it's usually 10% off. It's, no. it's nothing. No, it's No, I I was looking at this, Anna. Okay. Uh, most of the games are 10% off okay. and that's it. You know what? You're right. I did filter that list. The games I cared about were 10% off. Yeah, I think they could be up to 50% off depending on what the game is. But yeah, the big title stuff is 10% off. The DLC, I think, um, is 10 to 25% off. Okay. So I, But yeah, no, I loved this game. The, the, guy, the guy who was demoing it for me was like, bro, good move. He, he was like 1,000% into it. But this seemed way more interesting as a co-op game. Than yeah, a solo yeah, game. yeah. No, so, totally. Mm-hmm. So you need to pick up a controller and play with me. <laughs> Can I talk you into doing that? Probably not. Oh, I'm come so, on. I'm, I'm so into the games that I'm playing right now. Uh, all right. Well, we'll get into those later. Yeah. Okay. So that was Super Dungeon Bros. I moved on. Um, Strike Suit Zero Director's Cut is a... Um, I, I'm trying to figure out the right category. I need Alice here to explain this game. It is you're flying a, it's a space shooty game where you're flying a spaceship and you have, you know, really complicated piloting controls of up and down and you have to track things three hundred sixty degrees around you and shoot ahead of them to hit them and lock on with missiles. And generally, it was an interesting idea. It was like uh, reminding me of X-Wing and stuff from PC days. And I said, well, this is cool. And then this is a director's cut. So I pop back out to the menu and it's like, go to strike suit mode or whatever. I'm like, okay, I'll try this version of the game. And they throw you in different scenarios and you have a ship that can also turn into a mech. So it was like (laughs) switching back and forth. Now I'm in mech mode and I have totally slightly different controls that were doing different things. And I I don't know what I'm doing because I didn't play the first part of the game and I skipped to this part and I don't know. And ultimately it said, this is really slow and action based and I'm spending around just a long time spinning around in circles trying to fire on things and i i remember why people don't play x-wing games anymore and so <laughs> i moved on from that <laughs> because we don't have uh, the joysticks anymore yeah flight stick would help yeah yeah but would it really <laughs> i think it would help but really do i want to play this is the question because it's it's a long commitment of spinning around and and being very strategic in your missions and managing your shields and stuff like that and it's like do I really want to do this? And the answer is yes, but I'd rather do it in a game like Elite Dangerous where I'm also able to mine for minerals and level up my ship and be more RPG-like. But uh, that wasn't part of the game pass, so we didn't do that. Anyway, I moved on. Uh, Forza Horizon 3 is a game I just owned, but it's also on the game pass, so, you know, great. I downloaded that and said, all right, I've been putting off playing Forza Horizon 3 for forever, so I'm going to play that. And I loaded into it, and I played it for a bit, and was like, yeah, I, I remember this. I'm racing, and I suck at racing, and man, this is a hard racer, but racing's fun. So that was like, okay, that's cool. And I'm like, oh, can I go to the Hot Wing thing, Hot Wheels thing? I'm like, nope, 
you don't have the Hot Wheels DLC. I'm like, oh, I, I, I swore I had bought the Hot Wheels DLC for Forza Horizon 3. Apparently, I never did. It's not part of the Game Pass, and that just bummed me out entirely, and I bounced out of the game because I wanted to play as Hot Wheels, and I couldn't play Hot Wheels. So I got sad. So then I went over to Pit People. This is actually like a game we cover, Pit People, because it's like a strategy RPG sort of thing. Um, or at least it should be a game we cover. Anyone play Pit People? No? Mm-mm. Um, it's, it's made by the people who made Battle Block Theater and um, um, uh, Battle... <sighs> the other one, Castle Crashers. Um, Behemoth. The Behemoth, right? Is that their name? Does anyone remember anything that sounds right no nope. yes that's the, no. their name is the behemoth they all right they have a fan following it doesn't matter um it's it's kind of a funny thing it's a weird world setup some giant space bear crash into a world and now it's raining his blood as an acid rain and things are real bad and the narrator's evil and taunts you and you run around and you have to do silly things and 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 do strategy RPG things and move around on a hex grid and, and attack things and allocate stats and stuff like that and level up. Um, kind of cool. I'm probably going to go back to that one. Um, I just wasn't in the mood for it at the moment. So I thought it was cool. And yeah, we'll go with that for now. So, um, additionally we have what? was next uh elder scrolls online i downloaded elder scrolls online because at uh, e3 they were talking about elder scrolls online somerset like try out the new summer area and i'm like it's summer i want to be in a summer area let's let's see if i could do the summer things and i downloaded it and downloaded it and downloaded it and i left it download over it's like 100 gigs to download gosh so it downloaded and downloaded and downloaded it finally installed and i got into the elder scrolls menu screen i'm like you need to link to your bethesda account like i have one of those so i went and did all that and like okay i recognize your windows version and this is your xbox version they're separate you're gonna need separate character i'm like i knew that that's okay i'm like let me do the somerset it's like if you want to do the somerset you need to buy somerset i'm like what's the point of this So I couldn't Somerset. I could start a fresh new character and play the base Elder Scrolls Online game, but I could not Somerset. I'm like, this is false advertising. (sighs) The whole thing was supposed to be Elder Scrolls Online Somerset is on the Game Pass, and it's not. It's just the base Elder Scrolls Online. Which, to be fair, I mean, you could play and level your character up all the way and all that stuff. It's, I mean, it's one of those games you don't have to pay a subscription. So the the oh, it's free to free to buy. It's buy buy and then play Guild Wars style. That's right. Is what it is. Yeah. Buy to play. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I could do that. Or I could not do that. Because I don't feel like leveling the character all the way up from scratch in another MMO. Especially when if I'm really just picking MMOs based on what I want to play right now. I'd rather go and catch up on 14. Uh, so I moved on to the Deer God, a game that I back. This is a game where you play a hunter who accidentally kills a baby deer and gets reincarnated by the Deer God as a deer, and you have to do Metroidvania platforming. And it was really long and slow and, and a little boring. So I ran around as a deer for a while and got a couple ability upgrades and said, I need to come back to this later because I'm not in the right frame of mind for this. But it is kind of cool. Um, and if you hang out with the lady deers, all of a sudden a baby deer appears. And yeah, and then... Um, that you can respawn as the baby deer if you die. So, it's weird. That's that's the deer god. 
Um, Sounds like Bambi and Brother Bear had a baby. Yeah, there you go. And made a game out of it. Made a game out of it. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I don't know what. I, it, for some reason, I, I wasn't feeling it. So, And I, I don't remember it getting that good of reviews. Um, I did back that game uh, just because it looked very unique um, as far as like art style and stuff back way back when. But um, actually playing it now finally, even though I've had a PC copy for ages, um, I just got around to playing it via Game Pass for who knows why. Um, I said, eh, eh. So I moved on to Zoo Tycoon. I said, well, maybe I'll go pet the animals instead. So I went to Zoo Tycoon, and oh my gosh, that game has a lot of tutorial. Holy crap, does that game have a lot of tutorial. Um, so I did the first tutorial, and it had me feed some drafts, and it was very cute. And it was like, wow, this game is really meant for kids, because like the graph, draft like leans way over and gets in your face, and it's supposed to make you giggle. It's like, oh, look, it's a draft. He's licking my banana that I gave him, and... and I realized, okay, so obviously we have this thing which is meant to be charming to kids, and it's kind of charming to me, and then there's the rest of this, which is a lot of business tutorial stuff that I don't want to spend time doing. I just want to play, and I could just play, but I felt like, well, then I'd play poorly, and then the kangaroos would be mad at me, and I didn't want to go through that pressure, so I moved on. Um, what? What are you laughing about? <laughs> the, they Have you seen the kangaroo on the cover of this game? She angry. All right. Max, the Curse of the Brotherhood is what I tried next. This is this is kind of um, a puzzle platformer with with a unique st- art style st- side of um, style of indie game. <laughs> Will you stop in the chat? Um, <laughs> what is the uh, the? Let's see. So in this one, it, it felt like um, Brothers or one of these other, you know cinematic platformers where you're going left to right and you have to swing through lots of um uh you know puzzle elements and move some blocks around and here you've got this magic marker that you can use to manipulate the environment and raise earth and direct water and wind and stuff and so it's one of those where you're going to do lots of puzzles on each stage and then they they feed you a pellet of story between each stage because you're running after your brother who got kidnapped because you're a jerk brother and you invoked a magic spell asking for some dark dimension to come and take your little brother away because he was messing up your room and then as soon as it happens you're like oh no my brother it's like well it's kind of your fault max but whatever um so i played that for a little while and said i i get tired of these side scrolling puzzle platformer things so i'm like eh, i don't want to do the puzzles um it looks cool though so if you're in the mood for that that seems like a really good one um i tried Earthlock, um which literally put me to sleep um <laughs> Oh, was that oh, no. what made you snore? Yeah, that's the one that made me snore. Um, it was getting late, and I played five games already, right? So, And that's also topical for this week. Oh, is it? Why, were you playing yeah, it? There's an interview later on. Oh, with Earthlock? Yeah. yeah. So this is the new version of Earthlock. I had a version of Earthlock downloaded. I needed to delete it and re-download it because there's a newer version of Earthlock, and it wasn't very well defined on the store, which is which, so I think I figured that out. So I have the good Earthlock. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know what they changed, but, um, so the Earthlock, the new Earthlock, I'm just kind of the new Earthlock, uh, they probably have a real name for that, but is a, it's a cinematic role-playing game and it's, uh, it's, what was the combat style? It was Grandia style of combat, right? Um, if I recall correctly, I don't know. I was asleep for half of it. I literally slept through this combat tutorial and then I woke up and I was out of the combat tutorial. I don't know how that worked. 
I'm glad I'm not the only person that's done that. I, I'm really confused about that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they was show me like three different characters and like, now you're this character and go through her tutorial. Now you're this character and you go through their tutorial. And but, except it's the same combat system you just learned with the previous one. But now you're over here and like, well, what happened to the other later? Well, we'll get back to her later. It's like, OK, I don't I don't have it in me to do this right now. So I said, all right, this is this is very standard um, role playing game. It's not grabbing me whatsoever. Um, so I don't know. Um, and this is the new version. It's supposed to be better. Um, I I was not in the mood to give it a fair shake, so that's uh, that's what happened with Earthlock for me, and that's why this is a review and not a real review. All right, uh, I tried Smite because uh, Games with Gold they were giving you Smite Gold Edition, which is a hundred dollars of content. So I said, oh, I like hundreds of dollars of content. I'll download a uh, Smite. I downloaded Smite. And I, I went through the tutorial, and it's like, okay, this is a MOBA, but it's in 3D. This is cool, and you get to play as all these different gods, which have these really cool characters, one of which is like a little squirrel. Um, you got a centaur. You've got, like, a, you know, your your standard skeleton kings and whatever else you got. And, and it's like, basically, all the really cool-looking characters, you still have to buy, even with the gold edition. So I said, screw you, um, except... I don't think I deleted it because they did give you the squirrel character, so I might go back in just to play as a little squirrel because that's funny. Um, so, are you smiting things, or are things is God there's, there's, smiting there's, you? There's 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 mutual smiting happening. Okay, you, five gods versus five gods, and you all smite each other, and then one of you wins. Okay. So is this a MOBA? Yes. Okay. Straight up MOBA. Except it has you know it, it seems to be commercially successful, so. Unlike certain other ones that you may never have heard of. I then went into Super Lucky's Tale, which is the let's take the VR Lucky's Tale and convert it into an actual real game that people will play on a real platform. Um, And it's very different from the original Lucky's Tale because, like, it's got a new story and stuff that I don't remember at all from the Oculus Rift Lucky's Tale. And it seemed like new stages and stuff. And I I don't know. It felt like a whole new game. Um but it was still a collectathon platformer and I don't have any patience for those, but it was very cute. And the cat danced while he taunted me, the cat bot, like the bosses in that game. Kelly, you wouldn't like this game. All the bosses <laughs> are cats. They're all evil cats. No. That's a evil. No. Cat. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> um, what did they call it? The, yeah, the, the evil organization is called the kitty litter. <laughs> <laughs> It's very cute, so you might actually still like it. But you're a fox; you got to beat the cats, um, and all the cats are evil. So it's anti-cat propaganda. Um, cats need more positive representation more in games. More positive, yes. Um, and then, so I said, "All right, I don't have it in me to do a collectathon platform, so I'm moving on." Um, and then I tried Beyond Good and Evil, um, which is because uh, they showed Beyond Good and Evil two at the uh, Ubisoft conference last week and i said all right beyond good and evil everyone loves this game it must be amazing let's give it a shot and it felt like um you know a ps2 era (laughs) action (laughs) adventure game and it's like okay this is an action adventure platformer where i'm just running around and mashing the a button and eventually i take pictures of things 
Um, has a lot of story though, and that's really cool. And it seems um, it got some unique story things, and seems pretty funny. And man, I'd rather just watch this as like a souped-up movie. And this is the HD version. I'm like, man, this thing looks pretty uh, rough. Um, <laughs> and I said, yeah, all right, maybe I'll just watch a YouTube supercut of Beyond Good and Evil because this is not grabbing me whatsoever. <laughs> That sounds like my experience playing it, I don't know, whatever it was, four or five years ago when it came out on Steam. Yeah. And I got like two I, or three hours, and I'm like, yeah, I see why people like this, but meh. Yeah. And I was like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to like it more. It's a very highly rated game, right? And maybe you just have to commit to it longer. I don't know. People can give me some feedback and help me out with that one. Uh, so then, that's about when I I went into Shantae and played that. Um, you already heard about that. I finished that. Uh, coming out of that, I said, "All right, I need, what's what's next on this?" And I heard that while going through my list of Metroidvanias, of which there are multiple sites devoted to just listing all Metroidvanias, which I did not know existed before this week. Um, I was looking for uh, other Metroidvanias that I had access to with Game Pass. I was trying to just play the ones I already owned. And uh, Roundabout came up on that list. And it's like, really? Okay, well, let's give it a shot. So Roundabout, if you don't know, is a... F- uh, it's a weird, it's a quirky indie title where you control a spinning limousine car and run around um, kind of playing crazy taxi style, hitting checkpoints and dropping people off. Um, and then all your 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 quests where you're picking up and dropping off people are bookended with full motion video clips. And so it's like an FMV game slash crazy taxi slash Metroidvania. As in, as you go on through the game, you unlock mobility upgrades that allow your car to do things like jump, um, float on water uh, and stuff like that. You got really high at one point. I did get the other were, there were pills and I met a skeleton (laughs) who was talking. It was weird. But, you know, I got through it. <laughs> Your girlfriend's really nice. Yeah, Beth is awesome. So, uh, but there's an evil Frenchman. It, it's great, actually. I really love it. It's so quirky and amazingly silly FMV, and it's really cool. You're so going to probably... keep playing that, right? Yeah, I'm going to finish okay, that Okay, because I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying watching you play yeah, it. I'm going to finish and that And you one. blow up a lot. Yeah, so I do blow up a lot. <laughs> that, that, that makes it even funner. Yeah, I will be finishing that this week, I bet. Um, it's not that long. Um, and then, um, after that, oh, I went over to my PS4 and searched for all the Metroidvanias I had there. Um, so here's the thing about Metroidvanias. I promised I'd come back to it, and now I am. I realized at E3, the two games I enjoyed much, that, the most, that I was able to actually touch were Indivisible and Bloodstained. And I realized, oh my gosh, I like Metroidvanias, and I barely spend any time playing Metroidvanias. And so I started researching. So what are all the M- Metroidvanias I have in my backlog that I've been ignoring? And I'm like, my first idea was, well, hey, I've got this interest in checking out the Game Pass. I'll just go download all the Metroidvanias on Game Pass. Well, womp womp, there's only a couple of them, right? So I did that uh, with the Shantae and the Roundabout. And like, well, what do I have on, on PS4 that I don't realize? And it turned out I had three. Uh, te- and, and this... We can argue about what qualifies, but this is what I was able to find via various lists. The Swapper, Dust and Elysian Tale, and Rogue Legacy were the the Metroidvanias I owned on PS4 that I didn't already have beaten. So I said, oh, I've been putting off Dust for years, so let's give Dust a try. And I played that um, last night, right? Was that just last night? Yeah, that was yeah, just yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, that was last night. So I spent a, a couple hours in that, and man, that game's combat is bananas. 
and you are just going to town, spinning your blade and having um, your your flying foxy friend barf up um, superpowers, and it kills all the enemies really fast, and and you're just going up, up, down, and smash, and left and right, and so. You like this game, right, Kelly? Yeah, it's bananas, but it is fun as hell, especially when you get some of the powers later in the game that lets you rack up like thousands of oh. like thousands of combos. I want that. And the dialogue in that game is hilarious as well. So the, uh, it's also really long. What a talkative game. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, found myself I... um, not listening to all the voice acting, just starting to read the dialogues, and unless it's a fidget line, and then I let fidget do her line de- delivery. But for the rest of it, I was just starting to skip. <laughs> I mean, have you have you gotten to some of the funnier dialogue stuff? How would I know? And, I can't answer well, that for you. <laughs> well, like for example, you know, it's it's very Castlevania, and if you hit walls, you'll find chicken. Yes, and... mysterious wall chicken in yeah. every single wall that you break, which I love. Because why? Yeah, that's a good reference. And I, I think Fidget makes a comment about why would you eat that out of a wall or something. <laughs> no, she hasn't said that to me yet. Okay, <laughs> it, it it's been. I, I mean, I played this when it first came out on XBLA, like the summer that uh, it came out before it was cross-platform. So my memory is a little bit hazy. Mm-hmm. But um, like like the vendor saying, "What are you buying?" in direct reference to uh, Resident Evil Four. Mm is hilarious mm-hmm. and some of the side quests you do um some of fidget's commentary on those are hilarious and it's just it's it's such a charming little game and i cannot wait for the physical version to come out for switch just so that i can finally have a physical are they copy upgrading of... it at all for switch do you know i i don't know so I, I noticed a couple things. So there are a couple things I noticed. I'm playing this on a PS4. I've got super sampling enabled. And I still felt like um, a lot of the sprite work and stuff felt stretched up. Like the artwork was mm-hmm. not native 1080p, which was a little annoying to me. Because I, I, my memories of this game back way back when, because I've been following it for forever. And I was really excited for it to come out. And then for some reason, mostly because I'm me, I never actually played it once it came out. Um I remember it being a lot more crisp in my memory, you know, and a lot more HD and, and fancy art and like, and it is, and it isn't, it's like, cause now there's newer games that are even crisper and stuff. And now that's in my head. So I'm, that's probably unfair. Very minor complaint there. Um, the actual gameplay and stuff oh, still looks amazing. You're still swan- The animations is like the big thing here. Like everything's extremely over animated. So it all looks very smooth and stuff, which is great. Um, the voice acting, Kelly, what do you think? It, it was subpar. But... It's like it's it's better than a lot that I've seen, but it is not really. It's not. It's it. It's so close to being really good that it shows what when it's when it falls, and it's like yeah. there's like some issues with the recording and like kind of drop dropping words that that get a lot quieter than other things they say in the same phrase. There's some like is is this person really a good voice actor or is this a person they found who's doing a character and trying their best? And it's probably I, more I, the latter. <laughs> I think it's a person that they found because this game was initially like made by all by one dude. Yeah. Dean Dodrill. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, and, and so that's a little disappointing, but you can tell they did their best, you know, mm-hmm. and they spent a lot of time doing it. So it's hard to, I feel bad faulting it, but, it, it is yeah. i'm seeing some of the holes in it and like the, those didn't come through in the giant weird 
um, nostalgic mind barrier I have about this game because I've been, oh, for years I've been, oh yeah, that's that game. I thought that's going to be amazing when I finally get around to playing it. It's like, no, I'm actually playing it. I'm like, it's not quite as amazing as I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> so, um, I think I'm going to stick with it. And, but I'm also, you know, I got to a point last night where I was like, huh, I don't want to play any more of this right now. So I stopped and that made me worried about it. So have uh you also found any of the hidden characters i found meat boy yeah which was weird that <laughs> meat boy was in the game <laughs> yeah um a bunch of hidden characters most of the hidden characters are from other indie games so you can find meat boy um the and, guy from fez uh, and it looks Tim like finding Braid. them um is gives you these shards that unlock secret areas too yeah. right Okay, so yeah. I have this purple shard from Finding Meat Boy, but all I found are blue doors, so I don't know. i got to find more people. And I, I did think it was kind of cool that w whenever you find a hidden character, wherever they're hidden kind of emulates the game that they're from, mm. because, um, like, the kid from Bastion, uh, his area kind of, like, the, the, the floor kind of raises up like it was from Bastion. So as soon as I saw that, or found that, I was oh, like, oh, funny. I'm going to... I'm going to find the kid from Bastion. Hmm. Or, and you did. Um, yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right. Cool. Yeah. And and the game has a very nice menu system and Fidget's very good about telling you, hey, there's a treasure nearby and, mm -hmm. and stuff like it. So I really appreciated that coming from Chante where I had no clue where anything was. So, so it's like, ah, this feels more modern. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I played that for a while and then said, all right, I need to take a break from this and think about, get my my thoughts in line and readjust my expectations to actually play this without feeling disappointed like I am right now. So um, so I, I backed out of that. And then I said, all right, let's, I've got the Swapper, which I don't want to do right now. And then Rogue Legacy. Oh, yes, Rogue Legacy. Let's do that because I can, even if I don't like it, it's such a run-based game. I will at least have had fun with it, and um, I can decide. Yeah, so I ran... I Anyway, I did Rogue Legacy for a while. If you haven't played Rogue Legacy, it is a roguelite um, where you go into a castle, you fight enemies, you eventually die, and you spend your gold on upgrades, and then it resets the castle and resets your gold to zero, and you start again. And so you build up these upgrades over time, and your characters become more and more powerful, and you can more easily go in and beat bosses and go to other areas where there are more harder enemies. Um, there's like four zones in the in the castle, and then when you're finally done, you can go and fight the last boss, right? Uh, at least that's my understanding of the game. If something happens after that, I don't know. Um, what, so, wasn't this the one that also had the, uh, like you could get genetic defects yeah. or abilities where you could have like astigmatism and the whole screen would be blurry yep. and yep, like some of them were positive, some of them were negative. That's right. So every time you die, when you come back, you get to choose like what your error will be out of one of three errors. Um, and so the, it'll, as you s choose between the errors, there'll be one of the classes that you have unlocked via your upgrading and then you will also have um, genetic bonuses and disadvantages that are just kind of randomly rolled for each character so you might have a character who's really small or a character who's really big um, you might have a character who has prosopognosia the, the disorder um, people who've played certain DS games might be familiar with this disorder it's a disorder where you uh, can't uh, distinguish faces and so I thought this wasn't going to be a big problem at all. And then it came time to choose my next error. And 
I just had big question marks for all three of them because I couldn't distinguish between the three of them. So I just had to guess at who my next era was going to be. <laughs> um, and then there's other ones like um, uh, colorblind. So you play and it's black and white. Um, uh, nearsighted, where everything's out of focus if it's more than 10 feet away from you. Um, or some of the other weird ones, Anna. Oh, right. Uh, there was the hypochondriac. So every time you get hit, it says you've taken like 2,500 damage, but you really only took 10. Um, there was one guy that had irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah, they just So keep he had farting. a black cloud that followed him around, oh, and he gosh. farted and it vibrated the controller constantly. No, no the vibration was uh, a guy with muscle muscle spasms, oh, that was and it would it. just randomly vibrate the controller that while was he was playing. It, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Yeah, that game's really cute. <laughs> um, so I made some progress in that and said, all right, I, I, I need to put it down. That's that's a game best played in bursts. Um, so I don't mm-hmm. know if I'll go back to that or not. Have you beaten that, Kelly? No, no, okay. I didn't get very far in it. Yeah. So, so I got the I got the PS4 version for the cross play and yeah. just kind of played it and moved on. So I yeah, can I, I can a continue. a little bit of it on Vita, but not much. Yeah, so I could continue it on Vita via the cross play, but... Um, I don't think I'm gonna. Um, it's cool though. Um, and then, then I played in my other. You know, I needed something to play when I was not at my Xbox. Um, and you know, I was doing this Metroidvania thing because I'm obsessed with doing Metroidvanias. And Nintendo had a sale, so I picked up Metroid: Samus Returns. A Metroid. It's an actual Metroid. <laughs> so I'm like, this qualifies, and yes, it does. Um, and oh my gosh, I what I've learned after playing Shantae while also playing Metroid at the same time, is that Nintendo really knows how to handcraft level design to guide you in a way that feels organic, yet gets you to where you need to be, um, even if you're revisiting areas you've already been and need to go there with your new abilities. Everything just felt so freaking natural in Metroid. And it was just, this is level design, isn't it? And it was like, for the first time, I was just seeing it. This is this was thought out. Everything was planned. And unlike Shantae, where I'm just randomly going back to previous levels saying, hey, can I get to these secret areas now? Nope. Okay, guess I'll come back later. In Metroid, it was just, I was just naturally finding myself having the opportunity, hey, I should go explore up that platform where I know that thing was that I probably can get to now. Hey, look, I can get to it now. That's really cool. And like, it was just amazing. <laughs> Just having like really good level design but makes Chris, a difference. There, there's an important question you haven't answered. Yeah. Why Metroid don't crawl? Yeah, Metroid doesn't crawl. <laughs> Dust doesn't crawl either, Anna. It was very frustrating. But I found a ball upgrade in Metroid, so she's able to get through the tunnels now. Okay, that's important. Yeah, Metroid can get through the tunnels now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Dust gets a Mega Man slide. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't have that yet. So. And also, we're going to get to that dungeon, or that, that design thing when I talk about two, the, the two dungeon crawlers I'm playing. Okay, good. So good. Just, just put a pin in put that. A, put a pin in that. So I've been playing Metroid Samus Returns. It feels really good. There's one thing that feels a bit weird. There's a melee counterattack system in Metroid Samus Returns that requires you to do timing-based counters while enemy, when enemies flash, and it's the best way to beat most of the enemies in the game. And so it's a very action-oriented thing in this otherwise calm exploration Metroid-y experience where it's like, oh, I should go up here. Where should I? I should go over here. Like, oh, my gosh, this thing. Time it. Oh, I missed the timing. Now I'm dying. And it's like it, it causes the, the panic to mm-hmm. induce. And so it mm-hmm. is a little uneven. Um, so I'm still trying to get used to that. 
So that's that's the only weirdness in the game. I love killing things with the melee counter because they die fast and they die easy, and it's a lot easier than killing them um, just shooting with uh, with Metroid's guns. Um, yes, I'm going to keep calling her Metroid. Um, it's Samus. <laughs> You are triggering so many people right I know. now. Like, oh, <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, this is like bringing back memories of when I played the original Metroid 2 on Game Boy way back when, which, by the way, I got to the last boss of Metroid 2 on Game Boy, and no matter how many times I tried it, I could not beat it. So this game is like me coming home and saying, hey, I'm going to beat your remake. And then I think when I'm done with this, I'm going to actually go and download AM2R and beat that remake, too. (laughs) There's a trick to beating her, or the the Queen Metroid in the Game Boy 1. I think you have to, uh, like, curl up into a ball and wait for her to eat you and then bomb her. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I could be wrong. It's been a while. Since I wouldn't I have figured that. that out. It's like because the last no, thing I, I want to, her to do is to touch me. You know. <laughs> yeah, I had to look it up. But why do anyone would ever go back to the Game Boy one after the Superior one is out is beyond me. And I don't think this feels at all like uh, the original one in most regards, other than you have to hunt down each of these Metroids um, and kill them, the mutated Metroids. But other than that, I don't know if the level design is the same at all. But. It's been so long, I, I wouldn't remember. Uh, I don't know either. I just know that I like that there's actually like a reason why you're hunting down all the Metroids and having the water drain out as opposed to the original, where it's just, oh, I killed a Metroid and I see the Earthquake. Well, now hold on. Now hold on. That reason mm-hmm. is now we put statues with numbers of Metroids you need to kill. Like, is that really a reason? It's better than it being. It's better than nothing. Okay. <laughs> now there's a statue. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, it feels really good. So that's that's a good game. And so, um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep knocking out these Metroidvanias, I guess. And then when I finish all the ones I own, um, actually, I guess after this, I would need to go onto my PC and play all those. Oh, right. I have Guacamelee to consider too. Hmm. Oh, have you fought actually fought any Metroids and? Two. I've okay. I've beaten two of them or three of them, and they get really annoying. Oh, I don't they, like they those fights. Tough. I don't like those fights so far. I I actually oh. will say that because it's just waiting for it to start flashing the melee counter thing, and the rest of it is just dodging, and it gets really slow and boring. Um, ice beam. What? What about it? They they are weak to the ice oh, beam. Oh, of course. I had that. I didn't even try shooting with the ice beam. I'm like, oh, n- missiles yeah, or go the, home. <laughs> the ice beam helps uh, them get into the counter state a lot quicker than... Thank you very much for plane. correcting my yeah. poor plane. <laughs> yeah. And now I know. Of course I should use the new thing I just got. That's how this game is designed. <laughs> Duh. All right. well, I mean, Metroids have traditionally always been weak to the ice beam so and don't like i feel remember bad. i have kelly you need to understand something i still haven't beaten super metroid so that's on my what? list of i need to actually go finish super metroid i've played like an hour of super metroid <laughs> exactly I mean, to, right to, to be fair i didn't realize the ice beam thing until i got like two or three metroids in, or at least until i got to the ones that could like crawl along the floor the metroids so. don't crawl no, these Metroids do. No, Metroid no they crawl. They, they evolve. <laughs> no, <laughs> they evolve to crawl. <sighs> All right. And then for some reason, um, the, the, I did not play this, but I keep 
seen The Witcher come up because The Witcher 2 is part of the Game Pass. And so now I have like this real desire to go... And I tried to do this like a year or a year and a half ago. I forget when. If you've been listening to the podcast, you'd know this. Um, I, I played through all The Witcher 1 and then I started on The Witcher 2 and then I just kind of put it down and never went back to it. I'm starting to feel that desire to, to play those Witcher games. Not the least of which um, is inspired by all this uh, Cyberpunk 2077 hype, but... But I can't, I can't both play The Witcher and knock down Metroidvanias, because <laughs> The Witcher is a bigger bit of commitment. <laughs> All right, am I done? Can I let you guys go? I'm, I'm done. All right, Kelly, fill me in on your game design notes. Okay, so I'm playing two dungeon crawlers at once, right? I'm still chugging through Shin Megami Tensei, Strange Journey Redux. And, and the I WoW also... Auction House, where you're delving yeah. through the auction house looking for deals. Sure, why not? We'll get to that <laughs> in a second. But I, want, I want to talk about dungeon design. Okay. Because I started Lost Child this week, and Lost Child is also a first-person dungeon Lost crawler. Child, Lost child. And Sorry, I keep thinking I can... it's a song whenever anyone says Lost Child. See, I keep yeah, I keep thinking of the Aerosmith song "Last Child." Oh, okay. And Anna, you've been I playing. Al- oh, go ahead. I also keep think keep kept wanting to call the game "Lost Odyssey" because I'm an idiot. That's a different game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anna, you've been playing "Lost Child" too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, it's like playing two dungeon crawlers at the same time. You got Shimigami Tensei, where the dungeon design feels very crafted like they're try- they're letting you explore but at the same time they're trying to keep you on a path versus the lost child dungeon design where it's kind of like well let's just fill in as much of this map as we can and wherever you're going well you're going there and i don't know if anna felt the same way nope very true I th- and I mean here here is i think the the thing that i think is fascinating with you both playing Strange Journey and Lost Child. Lost Child is like clearly modeled off of SMT. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. Both Anna and I got very SMT vibes from it. Like, oh, look, there's a character that looks just like Igor. And well, he doesn't hunting- look like Igor, but he fulfills Igor's role. Oh, he merges demons for you? He levels up demons oh. and he transfers skills between them. Hmm. Oh, I was talking about the camera shop guy that looks like he. Uh, oh, I was talking about the guy in the computer. She is right, yeah. though. The cherub guy does look like Igor. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Now that you've seen that, I pointed out to you, you won't be able to unsee it. I probably won't know. But uh, the nose might not be as long. But, but yeah, and you're you're catching demons, and you know, well, you're not negotiating with them. You are firing a gun at them to catch them. Well, it's it's aggressive negotiations. Very yes. aggressive negotiations. <laughs> and uh, you know, you're using your. I mean, I, I'm using the Shimmick on my tinted comparison. It's not exactly like it, but it's definitely. You can tell there's inspiration there. It's demons and angels. Yeah. You are collecting karma that is either good, evil, or neutral. I mean, there's a hell of a lot of parallels. Mm-hmm. A hell of a lot of parallels. Oh, pardon. Pardon. You love hell them up, Anna. You do. They have love hells. And evils. And evils. Oh, for goodness. Oh, my gosh. 
But but um, we've agreed on Twitter. My favorite part is having the shirtless character from El Shaddai and as a. <laughs> What is up with that? Yeah, so and here's the thing that I love is the game does not take itself seriously at all. Because, like, randomly in, in the middle of stuff, this character, Lucifel, will show up. Lucifel. Lucifel will show up. And he will, like, get on his phone and be like, yep. Is it played by Lucifer? No. Okay. And he'll be like, yep, yep. Uh, but I can only use this power in the service of God. And then a little message will show up, show up that says, Lucifer has interfered with your game. <laughs> what? It, it says Lucifer has interfered with your game. How so? The, would you like to see the screenshot? No, I what does he do? Like, does it actually stop you from doing what you wanted to do? No, he puts, no. He puts uh, a thing in your tablet. Oh, okay. So one of them was um, a shirtless guy, but when I got him, he had a shirt on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's the main character from El Shaddai. I, I didn't realize that it was. Yeah, I didn't realize somebody... it until yeah. Josh, I think, said it. Yeah, yeah. Lucifer was also in El Shaddai. Like, he was, oh. um, he was your... Enoch was the main character in El Shaddai, and Lucifer was, like, your go-between between, between uh, Enoch and God. So every every time you get through a stage in El Shaddai, Lucifer would just be standing there talking on his cell phone, and you would hear half of his convert, you know, his half of his conversation with God. Oh, that's wait, what's happening wait, here too. Wait, wait, he's yeah. talking to God on a cell phone. He's, well, he's talking to God not? on a cell phone because God and, yeah, could and... hear him without a cell phone. <laughs> well, sure, but I mean. I don't know. Special <laughs> cell phone. I okay, don't know. Why not? Because Japan. <laughs> because Japan, exactly. Yeah, so that, that was that was always my favorite part of El Shaddai was hearing his half of the conversation with God, trying to mm. convince God not to not to wipe out all of civilization. Yes, yes, we've had some we've had some setbacks, but we're we're back on track, God. Honest, you don't have to kill everyone. <laughs> Old did, Testament did, God. This game really makes me want to pop in El Shaddai and play it. Put it that way. Oh, I have no interest in playing El Shaddai. I heard it's hella hard. Oh. No, no, you can play it on easy. It wasn't bad. I made it through it. Oh, okay. But what kind you of game is it, it before we go down that road? Isn't it a Devil May Cry kind of yeah, game? Yeah, it's action game. It is, yeah, Anna has no, well, usually has no desire to play those no, sorts of I'm, games. No, I'm bad at twitchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't hard on easy. I mean, I wouldn't have made it through it if it was hard. <laughs> but, yeah, so I... I know that Lucifer put Enoch in your party. Like, what did he do the second time he influenced your game? Because I, I didn't notice. Uh, I, I don't think you've gotten there yet. Okay. You'll notice. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I've only gotten through the first obelisk, and I am... I can't remember where I am now. I think I just unlocked the camera shop. And the Riley, I can't even pronounce it, the Riley Road. Riley? Yeah. Rile. Oh, Rile. yeah, you're going Cthulhu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This game yeah. has all sorts of Cthulhu. Yeah, it, it is like a love a love letter to Lovecraft, if you will. And she, I mean, even Anna had to explain some stuff to me. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, I found a Lovecraft book in my bookshelf that I'm curious about now because of this game. Oh, did so. The King in Yellow? No, um, I found it at the Mountains of Madness. I, I purchased that recently and kind of shoved it in my bookshelf and forgot about it. Ah. 
the, the nice thing about this is all building is up I, to Anna playing this silly Cthulhu game from Focus yeah. Home Interactive at some point, I think. Oh, what? But the, oh, sh- what? The, what? What? I'm, I'm stuck on a puzzle. Oh, goodness. But the nice thing about Lovecraft is that I think he's public domain. So that he you, is. He's yeah, yeah. Fine. All of it. None of HP Lovecraft stuff is copyrighted. And like most of the stuff that was written afterwards is also not particularly copyrighted. But I, I love games with literary references like that. So I, I'm I'm definitely having fun with this game, dis, despite kind of the lackluster uh, dungeon design. But I, I think that that's just kind of a product of being a little dungeon crawled out, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing <laughs> two dungeon crawlers that are damn near identical at the same time, I can understand why the lost child would come across as inferior. Yeah. I'm having yeah. a lot of fun with it. No, oh, I, I am too. I, but I she's can't. motivated to just keep the switch out of my hands. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm also kind of rounding up to. I mean, I want to say I'm close to wrapping up um, Shimigami Tensei, but I've still got a whole bunch of Loom of Grief to do. And two characters are now completely different. And having to make huge decisions that affect my moral alignment and yeah so the thing that i'm interested in is if i evolve a knock again will he lose his pants i hope so me too <laughs> oh my gosh <sighs> i so mean now, every was, time i mean Anna... isn't that the natural evolution uh-huh every time she's working on level leveling somebody up i'm like oh are they gonna lose their pants are they gonna lose their pants she's like it's just enoch i'm like okay <laughs> and that, like, like oh. even characters they don't even have pants chris i'm like well maybe they'll put pants on and then take them off i don't know they're like hello shirtless angel <laughs> <laughs> surprised me too uh-huh Wait, have I made a shirtless angel yet? I don't think I've Enoch. Made a Enoch is, Enoch is not, not an angel. angel. Is he not? He's a human. No, he's a uh, human. No, he's a human. Well, oh, okay. I don't care what he is. He's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Thor. He's like Chris Hemsworth is in your game. Or the entire Icelandic soccer team, as we learned yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> all look like Thor, which was kind of weird. I need to start watching soccer. <laughs> Don't worry, they're not going to be in there long. Oh, <laughs> they won their first game. Okay. They they still have a chance. <laughs> but the only other thing I've been playing this week is the WoW Auction House because um, my my husband figured out Trade Skill Master, which is a oh, mod yeah. that lets you uh, be able to undercut stuff easier on the auction house, and it is it is a pain in the ass to set up. Yep. But I've done that. One, but one, <laughs> you have to watch a video. It, yeah. And no, that's what frustrated me because the video ha- occurred during like Mist and the mod is so different now than yeah. Mist and they're t- telling you, okay, go here to click here. I'm like, where the hell is that? So I, I just kind of figured my way out through it. And now that I am, I have an auction house mule that I'm sending all my transmog and all my crafting materials to. And every morning it's just, okay, check if I'm undercut and why do you need to do it on a mule? Just to be clear, it, it's easier to manage. Okay, 
It's easier to manage, and one thing you can do that my husband did is make yourself just a one-person guild to put crap in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, dear Lord, I hope that Blizzard at one point does a uh, account-bound or account-wide inventory mm -hmm. like they do in Diablo 2 or Diablo 3, because I'm, I'm getting sick of having to transfer stuff between characters. I don't know if anybody else feels this way about the inventory there. I try not to. Um, oh, see, Von, Von points out he has a second account so he can play the game and check auctions at the same time. That makes sense because it's hard to do that because you have to keep logging in and out and stuff. So that's interesting. Um, I, I, uh, I do not run into that, Kelly, but that's only because I try to limit my play to one character um, as a way of limiting how much this game is impacting my life. <laughs> Yeah, I have a full server of alts, so. <laughs> I, th I think for the first time in WoW history for me, I have one of every class at max level. Actually, unsub this week because I thought, realized, like, if I'm going to focus on all this other stuff, I have no time for WoW. And I've done most of what I needed, what I wanted to do with my character. So it's like either I'm going to start leveling alts, which that has no appeal to me. Um, or just wait for Battle for Azeroth and play with Anna when that comes out. That's probably what I'll do. Oh, f fair enough. And play with you too. We can all play. Yay. Right? No? You're going to be too rich. You're going to have um, all the monies I... by then. You're going to be on You're gonna be on a mammoth riding on a mammoth riding on another mammoth, and you, just, you won't have time for the little people below you. Yeah, you're probably right. But oh. Uh, Bear in mind, I also do play my horde character first before anybody else, and um, you guys are yeah, filthy. Yeah, right now we're on alliance. Filthy alliance scum. Filthy and... alliance scum. So, do you have all your um your bonus races unlocked or whatever they're called? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That took forever. That only took me like a weekend to do. Really? Um. No. How would you get all the rep oh, in a weekend? Oh wait. oh, wait. No, I had all the rep anyway. Oh, okay. Just because I, um, I think I was grinding the rep for, like, the light-forged um, Warframe. Okay. That would make more sense, then. And then ended up with it anyway. I, I thought you were talking about the quest to actually no. unlock. Yeah, I meant, like, getting the rep to unlock light-forged and Void Elf. Yeah, I hope they take that crap out because that, that having having to unlock or keep that locked behind a reputation grind and old content is stupid. Yep. Anna, have you given up on WoW for now? Um, no, I'm missing with getting. When? Um, Monday. Oh. We were gonna play this week, and then I just ran into other stuff. You don't play with me anymore. No. Oh, yeah. harsh. Just no. <laughs> yeah, and I've been trying out other um, specs that I haven't played. Like, I've been um, tanking on my monk named Fizzlebeef, and I really Fizzle like... Fizzlebeef! Yeah, I really like Brewmaster. That sounds more like a mage Torin Fizzlebeef. No. Fizz roll, roll Fizzlebeef. Roll Fizzlebeef? It's a, okay. Yeah, it's an MST3K reference. Oh, is it? Okay. All right. Yeah. But um, I, I really like Brewmaster wow, tanking it really is. because it's pretty much it's pretty much bar fight the uh, spec. He's just smashing kegs on things and blackout kicking and just beating the crap out of things. And 
I, I really like monk tanking, and then I also was messing around with druid healing on a moose named uh, Sunshower. Oh, this this one! Oh my yes. god, I've seen this. This was on during the marathon, Anna. Yeah, oh, this game, this this is a terrible movie, <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> Roll fizzle yeah. beef. Yeah, you can buy T-shirts with every single nickname that that <laughs> guy gets so called. Many names. Do you like the new MST3K? Um, I watched a little bit of it. I I thought it was fine. It's just very weird for me. Um, hearing modern references coming out of the bots. Uh huh. And, and the new about... voices too. Yeah, and and um, yeah, I'm not used to the new voices, but I I did like that awful movie about Bigfoot. Oh, I haven't. I I just watched like half of the Reptilicus one, and I'm like, hmm. I wonder if they're going to get I, better at this because they're. It, it got uh, better as the season went on. I I, I'll tell you, like right now, they're just talking too much. Yeah, that makes sense. That's how I felt too. I think that's... they kind of hit their stride. Okay. As the season went on. All right. I thought so. All right. Maybe I'll stick with it. Okay, but this isn't an MST thing. How about RPGs, Kelly? You played Shining Refrain demo. I didn't mention this, but so did I. Um. Yeah, I played like, it at well, E three. Yeah. It's like, well, this game is kind of corny as hell, and I'm loving every minute of it. I see, thought... see what I mean? How it's like playing an anime? It looks yep. so bad. What are you guys talking about? What? No, it looks fantastic. I got, liked it. It's got trite writing, a very basic mashy battle system, and a dragon with a sword in its head. Here, let me tell you what I liked about Shining Refrain. They kept the J-pop songs from the like the actual J-pop songs as the songs that the characters sing, which I think is good because they probably wouldn't be able to get as good of singers in, if they did an English dub of those songs. So that's cool. But the rest of this felt a bit low budget to me. It's like, mm-hmm. we want to be Tails, but we're not. <laughs> did the, You didn't feel that way, Anna or Kelly? No, no I, I had okay. fun with the combat. <laughs> Josh is with yeah, me, the... though. <laughs> I, I thought the writing was a little bit corny, but that's just JRPGs anyway. Hell, the Tales games have been corny for years now. Yeah. And plus, I, I'm sold by the fact that one of the characters you get is rocking an axe guitar. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> and and the Green Ranger reference, the, the, the chick that controls the dragons with her lance Wait. flute. Oh, th- that's the green... Okay. <laughs> Yes, all right. Well, everyone controls a dragon with an instrument, right? Yes. Except the main character, who just is a dragon. Yeah. Except I couldn't do anything as the dragon. It made me sad. At least not in this demo. It's like, I'm a dragon. Rawr, get on me. Fly away. Demo's over. I'm like, what? Yeah, it was, it was a surprisingly short demo. It's a very short demo. But Anna's it, it totally definitely... into this game, so I'm going to be able to get to see it. She'll just, she'll just be playing it, yep. so... It's like going to be weird. It has to play a console game. It's on, it Switch. on Switch. Oh, never mind. I won't see any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, with a uh, with them saying the Octopath Traveler is going to be eighty hours, I kind of want to play through this one first since it seems like it's going to be shorter. You think? Yeah. <laughs> you I think they couldn't so. turn the uh, the game about playing musical instruments to control dragons into a large into a large multi hour epic? Many, many nah. hour epic. <laughs> no, nah, I have a feeling it's going to be pretty linear and pretty 
short for as far as RPGs Well, here's go. what Anna told me about it that I didn't realize playing the demo. Like, by the way, this is a dating game. <laughs> or what of did you describe it, it as? Like, you get to choose your your you know, choose your waifu game. Yep. And it's like, oh, of course it is. <laughs> this guy's surrounded by women. And I'm like, well, can you date the evil chick too? And he's like, yep, yep, but only in the second half of the game, which is kind of a New Game Plus sort of thing. Yeah, the refrain part. But you get both. Like you could play both right from the beginning, but it sounds mm-hmm. like you're supposed to play through normal and then play through refrain. So Anna, you well, can play through that game of, twice. There's a lot of people that like imported and then English patched. Yeah. This game. So, so they'll there, they'll jump right into refrain. There's a fair amount of people that have played this in English. Yeah, probably like a thousand. There, there are people that have played this in English. Also, remember that this came out in Japan, where there are lots of people who played the original in Japanese, and so just jump straight into the refrain. Yes, that makes sense. Yes. So, but you're going to play it twice, right? No. No? I'm just going to play it. Yeah, me too. No, you should play normal and then play refrain so you can play with the evil characters. No, thank you. But then how are you going to date the evil lady? Uh, you know she's going to be the best waifu. It's always the Sudaris. You know that. I, I'm just, I just want them to start... She doesn't want you next to her. She's totally going to be a Sundari. You know it. I don't know what I that just want really Shining means. Games to be released in English again. Okay. I was, I was trying to figure out how this is a Shining game. Because um, we talked about Shining games last week, Kelly. In this game, there are no mice people. There are no bird people. There are no centaurs. There are no deer people. There are no hamsters with helmets on them. Um, there's, I think, some elves and humans. And that's it. And dragons, maybe, sort of. But nobody understands how the dragons thing's working out. So yeah. I, I don't know. This doesn't count as Shining to me. And I and I validated this because I once said, well, let's look at the other Shining games that are weird. And I said, Shining Force Neo and Exa, they had centaurs and stuff at least and other non-human characters. So what about um, Shining in the Darkness? And what was the other one, Anna? Shining, Shining the Holy, the Holy, Holy Ark. The Holy Ark. I'm like, oh, look, you're in a bar. There's a dog dude and like a uh, some other thing looks like an otter. Uh, that's That counts. Yep. This is not a Shining game. Just it's not the same world. I don't really care that much. I just think it's weird. <laughs> and Anna says, well, I think Camelot took all those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> Camelot only left the humans behind. <laughs> and elves. And dragons. Well, I guess they invented the dragons for this game, huh? No. I don't know. <laughs> it seems weird to me. It's like this is not really a shining game in any respect. Like, it's not a tactical game. It's not a dungeon crawler. It's not like previous games. It doesn't have the same world, it doesn't seem like. It doesn't have the same races. What is What makes it a Shining game is my question. And I haven't gotten an answer to that one. Do you know, Kelly or Josh? Yes. Nope. Anna, do you know? Cheese. Cheese makes it a Shining game. What? <laughs> okay. Is that, your, is that your signal to me that it's time for you to talk about what you've been playing? No. Oh, okay. I Well then screw you. Josh, what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Uh finishing up mediocre anime game. Uh, oh, were finally... you playing more uh, Little Witch Academia? No, no, no. That was bad anime game. This one <laughs> okay. was mediocre. Alright. Full there, metal panic fight here. those who win? Or yeah, those who fight. fight further? I don't know what it is. 
Who Dares Wins. Oh, Who Dares Wins. All right. Yep. So I finished <laughs> that up. What? What? <laughs> I'm just laughing at that title. Oh, okay. <laughs> I heard a squeak and I was like, what happened? I just, I didn't oh. realize that was the real title. Yeah. Yeah. With, with the exclamation points. Who Dares Win? Yeah. So I finished that up. I've got the review in it. It it's improving. It should be up next, you know, beginning of next week. Um, that was it. Was okay. It was an anime tie-in game. I I really enjoyed the story. The voice acting's really good. The everything, everything else around it was mediocre. You know, the 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 graphics were kind of looked almost like a PS2 game, maybe a PS3 game. <laughs> And and there were plenty. There were just so many things where the combat could have been interesting because it's mech combat. So you're like that, that already should be cool. But and they uh, divided it up so that you could attack different parts of the mech and you know cripple them. You know you could attack their legs and cripple them. But almost none of the missions actually use that. You would just kind of wander. You would just move. They would just most of the missions would just have like big wide open plane. So you would just move your mechs into range and then you would just shoot at each other until the enemy died. <laughs> there were, there, there were only like a handful of missions where there were urban environments where you could actually have to think about where you were going to move your characters. But, eh, well, it was okay. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed kind of going through the story all the way through. So that was, that was something. Um, so I finished that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like a month ago before I started, got stuck into re reviewing games, I was at the end of Yakuza 6, so I started playing that. Don't shake the I baby. Didn't... Do not yeah. shake the baby. Shake the yeah. baby. No. I didn't really. No, no, no. Don't shake the baby. Why are we I... shaking babies? I don't know. Because that's what you do in Yakuza there's, 6. You there's a mini game a where you have to take care of the baby. Yeah. And the game explicitly warns you not to shake the baby. Yeah. That would be bad. That, that, I mean, that's good advice all around. <laughs> but yep. I, I I had forgotten that I was like, I didn't, or I didn't realize that I was right at the end of Yakuza 6. I mean, it re really was just like, okay, let, let's go fight the last boss. <laughs> oh, well, seriously? <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, had no clue. I was I was I was expecting like a big, you know, like I was expecting there to be more like playing that and then playing Yakuza Kiwami, you can tell a lot a huge difference in well, I, I assume it's in design. I appreciate it. Maybe it was just they, they got to the end and ran out of money or ran out of time and just kind of like slapped it together. But like some of the boss battles in the, the original in Kiwami, you know, like you would like you would be going to fight some enemy crime boss and you would have to fight through like five floors of enemies to get up to the top. And so you'd spend like half an hour or 45 minutes fighting your way through this building and then you would get to the boss battle and it would be like 30 or 40 minutes long, really long, drawn-out boss battle. And the end of 6, it was just like, okay, they, they, they just did a nice little cut scene to kind of show that Kiryu had beaten up like there are just hundreds of bodies strewn everywhere <laughs> as you come up to the final boss. So they're like, yeah, we're not going to force you to fight your way through that anymore. We all know Kiryu's a badass. So, you know, just let, let's just get to it. <laughs> nice. But Yakuza 6 was really good. I really enjoyed that. It, 
good bit shorter than the recent games, but I think it was probably good for it. I think it only took me like 40 hours to beat. And there, there was quite a bit of time of playing darts. And that's darts shorter. And, yeah. Well, you know, like I spent a bunch of time playing darts and playing Puyo Puyo <laughs> and, 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 you know, spent some time in the Sega arcade. So it's probably only like 30 hours of actual gameplay. <laughs> that's kind of usual. I mean, you know, usually Yakuza 5 was like 80 or 90 hours for me to finish. And that was kind of a little too much. They, they had been getting a bit bloated and so i think this game where it just just focused on cure you was was a welcome change for those that series <laughs> and the new engine just looks fantastic so i got done with that and i was looking at my the games i'd finished this year and it's a whole bunch of like switch and ps4 games and i realized i haven't played anything on my pc I got that new graphics card, and I'm not using it, so I had to play something on it. So you say. chose a popular console game? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had Assassin's Creed Origin. I got it in some sort of deal around Black Friday last year. Yeah, that'll happen. And yeah, that'll happen. It was packed in with something or other. And it's just been sitting there for months and months and months. I'm like, okay, well, I can play that. Let's try that. You know, they got they just announced the new Assassin's Creed game. They're, they 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 heck now they seem to be kind of like aping Bioware. The next one's going to have like dating and stuff in it. Maybe. So I'm maybe. not sure about that. Yeah, we'll see. So I figured I'd pick it up and try that. I have a, I've I've always wanted to get into the Assassin's Creed games. I I always like historically infused stuff, but I've never I've always bounced off of them. I don't think I've ever gotten more than like five or six hours into an Assassin's Creed game. They always end up losing me at some point. Mm -hmm. So I started this one and you know, there are lots of games where we, where, you know, you criticize them for taking too long to get going. Mm -hmm. Like, like, well, of course that, that a, a very valid complaint of like the trails in the sky games where it just takes hours and hours and hours to get going. As they're like slowly building up the characters, and Dragon Quest, that's called time to slime. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like this game definitely doesn't have that, but I mean, it just like it starts you out, and you're you're seeing the Pharaoh kind of like him and his procession ride into town. You see that for like five seconds and then it skips forward in time and you're murdering someone, you know, who has done terrible things to your town. And it, it, it was just in such a hurry to try and get you into, you know, you're on a vengeance quest to kill all these people who were responsible for killing your son and your family that you don't even like, like I spent the first two or three hours of the game just like not really caring about this guy, you know? Like, I guess I'm supposed to care, but, <laughs> you know, you didn't give me enough buildup to make me care. But, I mean, otherwise, it looks gorgeous on the PC, and the combat feels a lot... It It's changed quite a bit since the last time I've played uh, Assassin's Creed game. I think the last one I played was probably Black Flag. So this one feels a lot like... Horizon Zero Dawn only with um, kind of like Breath of the Wild, hey, you can climb anything, anywhere kind of feeling to it. <laughs> so even when you're out in the desert 
and there's huge mountains. You can just kind of like climb up them. You don't have to be looking for specific, uh, you know, little uh, handholds like you. At least that's what my memory was of the older Assassin's Creed games. And certainly there hasn't been any annoying quests so far. I, I, the last one I remember, I, I, as I recall, the breaking point for me in Black Flag was the annoying quest where you had to follow behind someone and listen to their conversation. And you had to stay in this really sweet spot where you weren't getting too far away from them when you couldn't hear them and didn't oh, I get remember too Chris close. doing this quest. Yeah, I hated those quests. I hate quests like that in games, period. Yeah. You had to stay hidden. No, I remember that being like, nope, nope, I'm done. <laughs> so there hadn't been anything like that. It's been pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty easy. It's okay. But you know, like that—that's most of what I've been up to. You know, a lot of an an hour of really awesome ending of Yakuza and a whole bunch of meh. Did I put you to sleep, Chris? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm just glad you're not playing complete crap like you were. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. But, yeah. Now I'm going to put Chris to sleep because I'm going right. to talk about what I've been playing. Oh, goodness. I'll just, let me know when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I decided that since I was going to be... Um, playing Lost Child and I knew I wasn't going to want to like stop playing it once I started it that I should finish playing some of the crap that I was playing on Switch and so I started Picross at E3 because I knew it was like a chill game that I could just play and so I finished all of the main puzzles and I'm like alright now I'm ready for Mega Picross which is like this Picross where you have like big numbers and the big numbers tell you that you have blocks that are across two rows instead of just one. And I'm doing those and I'm like, I recognize these pictures. Wait, are all of these pictures just a repeat of the regular Picross puzzles? And then I realized that they are. And then I realized that I was going to be really quickly and easily going to be able to finish all the puzzles. And yeah, so like I was doing puzzles and I'm like, wait, I'm starting to recognize this picture because I've done this puzzle. And so I finished like 15 of the Mega Picross puzzles and realized that I wasn't enjoying them. So I'm like, yep, I'm done this game. Yeah, I hate Mega Picross because it just, it makes no sense. Oh no, it, it makes sense to me. Like my brain works that way. But if they're not new pictures, I, it's too easy for me to figure them out. The fun of See, it is gone. When I when I was in San Francisco, I was playing a lot of uh, I was playing the uh, Twilight Princess Picross, and even the 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 all the Mega Picross puzzles were all the same. The the columns that were the Mega columns were driving me up the wall because I would like think that they would be in one spot and they'd be in the other, and I was just getting so frustrated. Some of them I ended up having to like look up solutions because I I would just get I would just hit a wall. Ah. <laughs> nah, I was just like, uh, oh, this is just gonna make me. Yeah, yeah, it was frustrating me. So I'm like, nope. You know what? I got my value out of it. I finished all the regular puzzles. I finished a whole row of of the mega puzzles. I'm done. So that was one. That was one game that I'm like, yep, I'm done. Yay, happy. Then I'm like, all right, 
Pokemon Quest. So I got all the way to the final boss, and then I got stuck on the final boss. Because it is, like, way more powerful than anything else that you face. And it has no weaknesses. And I'm like, all right. So now that I'm, like, not having to you know, weight my party against any particular weaknesses and stuff. What are just the most powerful Pokemon? So I did some Googling, and I happen to have the three most powerful Pokemon, which is Kangaskhan and Alakazam with a specific move, and Gollum. But my Gollum was kind of low level, and I had a super high level execute so i was like you know what? i'm i'm not gonna use golem i'm gonna use execute and i'm gonna use uh, uh kangaskhan and, and alakazam and so i basically just grinded up power stones and levels and finally i beat the stupid boss of that game what was the boss of mewtwo yes okay With, like, 17,500 power. And, like, the last boss that you beat before that is, like, a 14,000 power boss. And it, it it's a Gyarados, so it's weak to a whole bunch of things. So it was like I basically walked in with a Magneton and my Alakazam and confused it and electrocuted it to death. So it, it was a cakewalk. So it was, I, I think I went in with like a 13,000 power party and, and kicked its butt. Like second or third time that I tried it. So it was just like, I went from, I basically grinded up like 3,000 power and that is, that is a lot of effort. That is a lot of leveling up and a lot of power stones. That was probably, like that was probably five hour, five hours of gameplay or more. And remember that this game is gated by energy you can't just sit down and play it so that i'm done i'm done i'm free um and so all said and done i think i played about 24 hours of that game do not recommend <laughs> do not recommend um and so now i'm playing lost child and i'm enjoying that a lot more i have a naked guy in my party or a shirtless guy at my party. He still has pants on. And it's kind of interesting because um, Alex, um, our, our news uh, chief, is also playing the game. And he is slightly ahead of me. And I'm slightly ahead of Kelly. And so mm -hmm. we're like all kind of comparing things that we're doing and like party compositions and stuff. And so we're actually playing somewhat similarly. Mm -hmm. Which is sort of interesting. <laughs> We, we do all have Enoch in our party, and he's shirtless in all three of our parties. So curious, I'll be curious to see who gets him the most. Yeah. So I, I'm in the process of shuffling my party right now um, to try to balance things a little bit better. Because um, the, the types of karma that I'm getting in the dungeon that I'm in have pretty drastically shifted, which means I need to change my party composition to reflect that. And so, now when I showed you that there was difficulty settings, did you bump it down to easy or did you nope. keep it on normal? No, I'm still on normal. I think okay. Alex is playing on easy as well. Okay, because he's Cause... he is eleven hours in and he's finished the third dungeon. I'm eleven hours in and I am just finishing. 
the second floor of the third the second floor of the third dungeon and he he said that the second dungeon was kind of a difficult sorry the third sorry the third dungeon the third dungeon he said that he he kind of hit a wake-up call boss oh yeah yeah i know what he's talking about so um on normal i i i got to the first dungeon boss and i got to about 80 percent and then he got some crits on me and i died and i just couldn't come back from that so mm-hmm. I stepped back, I grinded for about 30 minutes, got two levels on my humans, got a bunch of karma, um, spent it, went back in, killed the boss. Um, and then I went through the second dungeon and I got to the wake up call and I um, got her really close and then realized that I did not have the right elementals, elemental um, mix in my party for the wake up call. And so I restructured my party. Um, I grinded one more level on my humans to get up enough karma to, to level up the demons in my restructure party. Went back, killed the, killed the wake-up call. Um, went in, immediately killed the end boss of the second dungeon. And now I'm going through the third dungeon. So on normal, I have had to do a small amount of grinding but not an annoying amount of grinding. See, uh, see, I was wondering if there was going to be a little bit of a difficulty shift because that uh, that first dungeon was just a cakewalk, and I was I was like, this this feels way too easy. And then I saw that Alex was kind of ha- having trouble with the second dungeon, and it's like, okay, maybe that first dungeon was intentionally easy because I wasn't sure if I was going to want to bump up the difficulty back up to normal just to kind of give me a little bit of a challenge but since even he had struggled with the second boss on easy i'm gonna have to see is he for sure playing on easy you said he was i said i think he is oh you said you think he is i'm not sure yeah i'll have to ask him yeah but um i am playing on normal i am having to grind okay Let's Ooh, you're way. playing on normal, Anna? I am playing on normal. What's up with that? Because I didn't know there was a difficulty setting. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I had to, I had to tell her about it on Twitter. Nice, Anna. And you can't change it after the fact, huh? Oh yeah, yeah you, you can. can. Oh, you're gonna keep playing normal? Yeah, until Why? I can't. Oh, okay. All right then. <laughs> I mean, I'm on normal. I might as well just keep playing on normal. Well, I mean, but. Um, if you can change it at any time and you would have chosen easy to begin with, I don't get why you cha- wouldn't just change it. Because I'm not really struggling. Well, you have to grind. You could lower yeah, your amount of time grinding. RP- but she likes RPGs. grinding. She likes grinding. Right. Um, how are you liking the uh, chest unlocking? Like the... Enoch's chest? <laughs> no. So um, when you get a chest, in order to unlock it, you have to play a little mini game. Ooh, I have to do that in dust. And so... The, this is like D&D style minigame. Uh, what does that mean? The, the chests are trapped. Yeah, but and... I mean, what do you mean by D&D style minigame? Like, let me explain. Ch- chests are trapped, and your demons have certain skills, and you have oh. to use the skills to disarm the trap before you can unlock the chest. And as you're doing the unlock function, you have a chance for the danger to go up, and if the danger meter fills up before the unlock meter, then you take Boom. damage. Or... 
it goes boom. Yeah. So how's that going for you, Anna? Um, I've killed myself once. <laughs> just once. Just once. Because uh, I wasn't paying attention and I just kept hitting A. I it, I was like two minutes away from the last time that I saved, so I didn't care. Yeah. I've, um, crap. I've noticed that as you get higher and higher in level that you can just kind of spam it and it doesn't matter. Um, I've also, and also the, the, the reason why Enoch is great is because he has an ability to produce the danger level. Yes. Which is handy, but boy, you spend a lot of mana doing that, especially if you're, if you're way too underleveled for a chest or if it's a golden chest. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is, is Enoch's, Enoch's combat skill that I tend to spam is only three mana. Is that Slash? Yes. Yeah, that's handy. So Enoch has no shirt on and he's flashing monsters? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. I said Slash. But... Oh, Slash. Oh, but We'll oh, go with sorry. what you said. I thought I heard I, Slash. I'm sure there's Slash of him somewhere. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I would like to get on to the news sometime today. May okay. we move on, ladies? Beep, 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 okay. beep, 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 Nickety knock. Nickety knock? I don't know what that means. All right. For the king. For the king. It adds an endless dungeon mode. Has anyone played for the king here? No, right? No. 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 All right. Nope. I've been interested in it, but I haven't gotten around to it. So it's adding a uh, it's adding Polish language support, a new player stat screen, new house rules feature for additional playthrough settings, and an endless dungeon mode. And uh, that'll have, of course, lots of new enemies and unlock unique items too. Well, not of course, but it will also have new enemies and unlock unique items. Um, if you don't know, for the king is a hybrid of a board game strategy game and a turn-based combat it has roguelike elements too. So um, this has been intriguing to me. I have it like on my wish list on Steam. So maybe now's the time to jump on it. Um, and certainly seems like they added stuff to it. Uh, if you've played it out there, let me know if you like it. Whew. Octopath Traveler developers revealed some tidbits, Anna. Did you see this interview? No? Yes. I, yes? S- I saw a little, I saw the highlights of it. All right. What did they reveal? That it's going to be 80 hours and some of the side quests could take you up to 100 hours. Well, it said 50 and hours for the main story here. Maybe oh I misread that. I, I was um, reading that on my phone. And then side content makes it take 80 to 100. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's an, and it's it's entirely possible to finish the game with one character, but it's very, very, very hard. The game will also feature a new game plus mode. Will not feature a new game plus mode. And the difficulty dynamically changes depending on what order players progress through the things. Okay. No DLC. No, no DLC. DLC was planned during its development. That doesn't mean they won't add it later. But at least, hey, it doesn't mean it's like already on the cart waiting to be unlocked. So that's good. Um, and, of course, the new demo came out last week. Did anyone play it? Yeah. I, yeah I you did. It last week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anna, you still haven't gotten around to it. Hmm. Not yet. You're going to finish Lost Child first, aren't you? Yep. Yeah. Cool. And uh, Bandai Namco is an, said, hey, we're working on a new Tales game. That's literally Shocker. all they said. <laughs> so, they didn't even give us like a like a, a screen showing a, yep. a title or anything. It's like, hey, just nope. so you know, we're still making Tales games. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> 
Something more interesting to me, at least, is that Gus said, hey, that new Atelier game, that's a town building game. Check check one in my interest. Uh, check two, it's based on the Atelier series, which is always really cute, so I like that. Um, and they've let you know that, hey, you're going to be able to recruit alchemists from the other games to be in your town making stuff for you. And that sounds really cool. So they've confirmed Marie, uh, Maruru, um, Aisha, Sophie, Vio, Klein, and Vane from various Atelier games. Some going back to like Atelier Iris and Manichemia. So there you mm-hmm. go. That's cool. Um, we still don't know when this game's coming. Uh, they haven't announced it for the West. Wow, but from this is, Manichemia? Yeah, Manichemia. Yeah. Um, more Nelk- the game, by the way, is Nelki and the Legendary Alchemists, Atelier of a New Land. Um, so yeah, that's cool. And apparently the main character doesn't have any alchemy power. So no, that's you're building a town. They have a, yeah, you're building a town. Yeah, they're a town building type character. It's, uh, yeah. Sounds interesting. We'll I guess. Anna has not uh, well. exactly. Anna has not been a fan. Well, I guess everybody has not been a fan of the most recent Atelier games. So there's some concern. Some... I just have a, I just haven't had time to play them. Okay. They're very they're very time sinky. Yeah. Anyone familiar with the Japanese publisher Furu? Yes. What do yes. they make? Alliance Alive and Legend of Legacy. Well, they announced it... a new game. Called well, they're Cry- publishing a new game. Oh, well, it says it in here they announced a new action RPG named Crystar, but it's being yeah, developed by Gem Drops. Yeah, and I looked up Gem Drops, and they, I think this is basically the first major game they've ever made. They've done a couple of iOS games. They did some work on Lost Spear and I Am Setsuna, mm-hmm. like uh, contributory work. But yeah, this is like their first big major game as a lead developer. So they they showed a trailer with some weird stuff with the lady falling and she's not wearing enough clothing and she cries a lot and then they showed the gameplay <laughs> with um there it's an it looks like an action RPG dungeon crawler so third yeah. person so that's all we know really um, uh, yeah like she makes a deal with the devil and the devil she? somehow okay. kills kills her kills her uh, sister for it or takes her sister so it's like like lolly full metal alchemist okay that seems bad you shouldn't do that to your <laughs> sister why would you do that to your sister well i assume it you know the devil doesn't say that the price is that her you know like her sister's soul oh, the okay. devil That's... never does all right well, you know sometimes you get sick of your sister's crap and then wish him away to the goblin king yeah and then oh. you have to go save them with your magic marker wait that's max all right never mind i don't know what's going on anymore so this game looks very um um, button mashy. So, we'll yeah. see if it's any good. There's a lot of anime going on here. So, um, I think it's out in October in Japan. So, oh, we'll, yeah? we'll hear. Yeah, I think that's what it said. Okay. Well, we'll find so, out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Valkyrie Chronicles 4 has a date September 25th, 2018. It's coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And they announced the console versions will receive a launch edition that contains a Ragnarok controller skin. What is this? So, Oh, Ragnarok's the name of the doggy. That's the doggy. It's a doggo. Look at the Switch one. It's the doggo <laughs> controller. That's really cute. So the dog with a hat on By one the of the way, its ears. Yep. Ragnarok is amazing. Why? When you, when you have a character that gets KO'd, 
there's a chance that Ragnarok will just show up and revive them. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Can you level him up so he does it more? I have no idea. I hope so. So that's what we know. Um, you can go check out our impressions of the games and, uh, well, Anna's impression at least. And yeah, me. There's, me, a, me. there's some live streams we linked to. So I ran know. over people with my tank. Yes, you did. Yep. Oops. It, it's joining a really crowded September since oh we got gosh. that at the end of September. We got the expansion of Xenoblade Chronicles and we got Dragon Quest Eleven. And apparently in Ooh. Japan, they're also going to have Valkyria Chronicles Remastered hit the Switch in September. Yes. Yep. But not in the West? So no we're, news about we're, it yet. Yeah. We're getting it, and that's all the news that we have. Okay. I didn't know that. So when that comes out on the Switch, that might be my opportunity to dive into Valkyria Chronicles mm-hmm. because I've heard these games are amazing, and I've never played them or had a chance to play them. The original <laughs> is one of my favorites of all time. I love that game. Yeah, and I've heard that. I mean, the, the first game is amazing. The second game is kind of meh. And, and the third game we didn't get. The right? third game we didn't get, but it's it's like very dark. Third game was good. And then oh, Revolution did you play that just... as an import? Yeah, yeah, I, I imported it and played with the fan patch. Okay, but it's good. All right. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. That would explain why everyone was upset it... that we didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the thing with two and three. Like, especially the story in two, I wasn't crazy about, but, and it lost a lot of the, a lot of Valkyria Chronicles. What made it so amazing was just how gorgeous it looked on your giant TV screen and that watercolor aesthetic. Two was on a PSP, right? Yeah. They were both on PSP. Oh, yeah. That'll kill it. (laughs) But the plus that happened with the PSP games is it became more of an RPG. There was a lot more depth to, there were a lot more classes. There was a lot more depth to upgrading your characters. And that that is the one bummer about four is that it's going back to kind of like the much more simple gameplay of one. But it does look great. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Valkyria. So, so, so you're saying in September, we're going to have to play Dragon Quest, Valkyria Chronicles four, and what else? The Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uh, story. DLC thing? Yeah. Yeah, oh, DLC I won't even thing. be finished with the original game by then. All right. Uh, you know, I'm just going to have to play that game and beat it before. No, you know. will not. You keep saying that, and then you think about doing it, and you're like, eh, no, I'm not. And some of us are still going to be deep into WoW. <laughs> oh, that's right. The expansion comes out in August, doesn't it? Oh. Yep. I don't have time for this. I already it's it's post E three, so it's already time for the fall games crunch. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. Is Madden <laughs> out yet? No? Okay, I'm still okay. All right. Compile what? Heart. Chris. What? When oh. Madden comes out, that's when all the games start. It's not that I want to play Madden, it's that Madden is the signifier of the game deluge. I see. Yeah. Um, this next game scares me. Compile Heart has detailed Varnir of the Dragon Star's disconcerting premise. Okay. Can you explain what that means, Josh? I can. Oh, okay, Anna, go for it. it. All right, so kind of the premise of this game is that um, there are people in this world that get draconic powers. Okay, do you have to play a flute? No, no, no. Okay. They get a dragon seed inside of them. Oh, is this like the Eli Mompress novels we were reading? No. Okay. So people that get a dragon seed, they go a little nutso-crazo. And the solution to going not so crazy was to drink dragon blood. Oh, great. Except 
drinking the dragon blood cures your madness, but awakens the uh, awakens the dragon power. Good news, you get cool powers. Yay. Bad news, dragon seed grows. Oh. And then it eats its way out of its host, it yes. says here. That's yeah. not good. No. Yeah. So it what are you supposed to do? It eventually goes off. So let me guess. You play a character who gets a dragon seed, and you're trying to figure out, ah, what do I do? Yeah, so you don't know you have a dragon seed until you accidentally drink some dragon blood. Oops. So the problem is, is at some point in the past, um, I think about 10 years before the game starts, um, 10 or 15 years. Oh, 10 years. Sorry. It's in the story. Um, all of the people with dragon seeds, there's a there's a purge. Hmm. And people have kind of just decided, no more dragon seeds. And they purge everybody. Okay. Um, that has a dragon seed that they know of. Mm-hmm. So you don't know you have a dragon seed inside of you until you accidentally drink dragon blood. And then you're like, uh-oh. Do all your girlfriends here have dragon seeds? They're witches. They're witches. Yes. They're just witches. All right. Yes. Okay. Witches are also no-nos in this society. No, also no-nos. Yes. Yeah, well, they don't dress much either. Well, they're witches. Well, this one does. She's got a lot of layers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Oh, that's all we know? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a disconcerting premise. Why is it disconcerting? I don't get... What's disconcerting about that? You have a thing living inside you eating its way out? Well, okay. That's disconcerting. All right. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Has it... No news for Western release on that yet. Yeah, um, but I, I don't think we'll be lucky enough to not get it. It's Compile Heart. I mean, when was the last time a Compile Heart didn't get picked up by either Nisa or Iffy? When was the last time Josh enjoyed a Compile Heart game? <laughs> That's <laughs> the answer I want to know. <laughs> hey, if you're having trouble enjoying Nino Kuni 2 because its difficulty was not high enough, they've released a new patch that you might like to know about. It adds hard mode and extreme mode. They're new difficulties. You can change to them at any time while you're playing the game. And they uh, obviously makes, you know, combat harder, but you get rarer rewards from monster drops and uh, treasure chests. So if you were looking for a way to collect rare items more easily and to um, ramp up the difficulty of the game, maybe you want to keep grinding those end game dungeons and round out like the last few things you haven't unlocked and wanted it to be a little bit harder. Now you have a way to do that. Did it increase the EXP too? I don't know. Or just rare. Doesn't say anything doesn't mention that in our story. And I don't think what I saw said that it raised XP, but it may be. Uh, Let's see. Ni no kuni 1.03. There's a bunch of stories on this, so give me a second. Siliconera says... Eh, nothing about experience. So. Uh, and you know how that is. They're just so bad with patch notes nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, one company that isn't, though, is Paradox Interactive and Harebrained Schemes. They put out the 1.1 update for Battletech, and they've got a bunch of lists of things of what the patch does. So, you have, there's a whole patch log we link to, and, um, man, that's really nice to see that. So, if you've been, uh, holding off on Battletech because you couldn't customize things enough, here you go. You get, they added customization of all non-Ronin mech warriors in the player's m- mercenary company. 
Uh, detailed difficulty options you can change at any time, like the lethality, the mech destruction upon certain conditions, whether or not you want rare salvage to happen, experience rewards, so a bunch of things you can use to make it harder or easier, it looks like. Uh, new custom campaign mode with an Iron Man mode and stuff like that. Accelerated actions, I guess, to make the gameplay go faster. And new generated events. So that's a bunch of, that's a good update. Yeah. Glenn seemed really excited about the accelerated actions. He yeah. was saying that was a big problem he had with the game, that it was just all the movement was too slow. So I'm I'm excited that I waited, because now maybe I can yeah. jump into that and uh, get a faster game. Um, but That's I, what you should always do. You should always wait for the patch. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm so behind on stuff. Well, I'm always behind, and I don't think I'm going to be getting into Battletech anytime soon. So I'm going to forget about those changes by the time I get to it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of patches that you should wait for, Ease 8 oh, is going to get geez. some patches. Uh, all right, Anna, Josh, tell us about Ease 8. <laughs> I, it wouldn't what be happened Ease 8 without, without some sort of disaster <laughs> around a release. So I think it, uh, the, the, the embargo lifted Tuesday on the uh, reviews for the Switch version of Ease 8, and screenshots started coming out showing um, some localization issues. So um, it, in this one, it, it, it does have the new patch, well, the newer localization in the game, but obviously they had some issues putting the new localization into the Switch version. So there are instances where, like, there are repeating lines, there are lines that where they there's just raw Japanese that shows up. Um, I've been playing it, some for review and i've noticed a couple of times there was like a uh uh one of the introductory um tutorial things had uh had text that just fell out of the text box and was illeg you couldn't read it because you know it fell into the dark parts beyond the text box so you couldn't read it anymore so there's a lot of little localization issues so they they had to kind of like uh come out and put out a press release that they've got a patch uh, set up plan. Yeah, so like there's going to be a the majority of these schedule. are going yeah the majority of these are going to get fixed on launch day. There's a launch day patch. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, is there are people that got a physical copy of the game at E3. Um, I'm one of them. I haven't played my copy yet, but there are people that are posting like comparison screenshots of like digital review code versus physical copy from E3, and even compared to the review code to the physical copy a bunch of this stuff has been fixed yeah and i mean it's one of those things like you you don't want to criticize them too much because they got out those review codes ridiculously early three or four yeah way early and it's so nice if you you know when you're trying to do this to have something you know three or four weeks in advance and not try and cram it into one weekend but they didn't do a very good job of uh explaining that the review code was early and that it had errors and that, you know, like, oh, we're going to have some things that we're going to have to patch. (laughs) Which is interesting because some people did get an email that was like, this is an early build um, and it will have some errors because I did see an email floating around that was like, hey, that there was an email from Nisa that was like, this is an early build. It does have some errors that will be fixed upon launch. So at least some people did get an email like that. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I don't, I expect that, but I think 
you know, after the history with this game, after the problems they had with the people original have very poor expectations, and, and especially understandably after that so. PC, yeah, after that PC version got delayed six months and then still came out broken. I mean, you know, people aren't going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this. Right. So there's three patches coming. Two are going to be like the week of the launch. And then like two weeks after launch, there's going to be a, a patch that comes out that has the Japanese voice acting, which people are upset about because it's not available at launch. And, and did they say it was going to have it back when they announced it? Didn't they say it was going to have Japanese voice acting on the Switch version? Yes, and it before. will. It just won't have it at launch. Launch, yeah. Which I, I, I'm not a, I'm not the person that listens to Japanese voice acting. So to me, that's not a make or break thing. If it is like the make or break thing to you, I can see that being upsetting. Yeah, I only switch it to Japanese when the English is terrible. Exactly. I, That's all I ever do. <laughs> the English is fine in this. Yeah, the English voice acting is perfectly good in this game. And I, like I noticed that on the review copy, like that the, uh, oh God, what is the fisherman's name? I can't remember his name. Hubble? Um, yeah. Um, he, I remember when they first recorded the lines, he apparently, the voice actor, had a cold. So he had kind of like a deeper, raspier voice for that. And since they had to redo the localization and re-record everything, he sounds noticeably different. So you hmm. can tell that. And I mean, otherwise, you know, from playing the game, like it's fine. It's in between the uh, Vita and the PS4 version. It's not as good as the PS4 version. Um, oddly, it seems better in handheld mode than in uh, docked mode. Like I notice a lot more screen tearing and weird artifacts with the, uh, with the shadows when it's plugged in. So I don't know how much of that is just it's struggling to do it at 1080p or how much of that is just like I notice it more on a big 50-inch screen than instead of on a 6-inch screen. But otherwise, you know, like otherwise the game plays great and and it's a perfectly decent version of Ease 8. It's just, you know, it's once again, it's sad that the uh, the, the noise surrounding the game overwhelms the actual game itself. It's a great game. Yeah, it is. And I it, mean, I, I plan on replaying it on the Switch. I don't know if it'll be this year or next year or like late this year because the Switch version has um, content that the Vita version didn't have. Yeah, you weren't missing much. <laughs> well, I also completely missed all of the Dana content because I didn't... I must have slept through the tutorial that taught you how to go back in time because ah. I literally never did. Huh. I didn't know you could miss that. I thought a lot of that was cued. So, I mean, like, yeah. later so part like, of the game, there are story requirements for you to go back in time, but there is also like tons and tons of content where you can go back in time and just do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like ten or fifteen hours. <laughs> yeah, because I one hundred percented all a lot of that. Yeah. I'd never platinum the game, though. But yeah, there's like extra raids and there's like nighttime stuff and there's like all sorts of um, like quests and things that I just didn't do because I didn't know about them. Also, there's like times that you're actually supposed to go back to camp and like do quests. And I never I, I didn't go back to camp often enough, so I missed quests. 
Yeah, it was almost like a Trails game. Uh, it, it, Ease 8 very much is like the Trailsification of Ease, for, for better and worse. So, yeah. Um, and then, um, so this is a weird story that I don't really quite understand what's going on. Um, so level five, um, Santa Monica announced that they're going to release Inazuma 11 Aries in North America and Europe. Yeah. Stand up, stand up if you like football. No. So this is a <laughs> PS4, Switch, iOS, and Android game. What? Yes. Why is it mobile? Yeah. Because it's level five and they like money? Yeah. Okay, so, catch me up on on Inazuma games. Who got what? So Inazuma 11 had five games. Oh, you don't North know. America okay. only got no, no, no. Inazuma on 11 got five games. No, it got six. Oh. Actually, I think it got nine in Japan. Okay. We got the first <laughs> trilogy. Uh, we There was the first trilogy, and then two games of the second trilogy came to Europe. Yes. The U.S. got the first game only. Yes. And mm-hmm. then Japan got, like, at, at least billion. two full trilogies, and I think I they got another one, but I'm not 100% on that. And then now there's this new one that Aries. takes place after the very first game, and it's an alternate reality like the events of the second game never happened and now this happens and i think there's aliens involved if i remember correctly i don't know okay <sighs> that sounds right yeah <laughs> i remember hearing about aliens yeah at some point there you go <laughs> we're gonna get it here Ray. <laughs> anna uh-huh i'm really interested in this new atari console Oh no, no you're not. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I really I want to I want to get ba- back to my retro roots and like play no, some no, Kaboom. No, no, do not want. No, there's a whole Indiegogo going on right now. No. I can go fund it and get no, one of these. No, no, run. No, they're run, almost run, run, they're run, almost run. done. Like this thing's like finished and I'm just just pre-ordering no, it, right? No, no. No, 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 no. Oh, what happened? All right. So, Atari and the register sat down and had an interview at GDC this year. GDC? That was like a year ago at this point. No. How long was GDC? Like last month? No. When was GDC? I don't GDC know. 2018. We should probably get the timeline set. March. Yeah, this was so March. Three months, three months ago. ago. Yeah, three months ago. All right. So the register and, and Atari sat down. Okay, that's, and, that sounds normal. So the register got to see the new hardware, right? Um, they they got to see it and not play it. Oh, and so basically they wrote an article, and um, they were not real happy with the fact that they couldn't play it because Atari has said it's done, and that they just need some more funding to 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 get things produced. Right? And that this thing is going to be out like any day now, right? End of the year or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and so, basically, um, someone brought up the article to Atari. At E3. At E3. Uh, no. On the Facebook page. On their Facebook. On their okay. Facebook page. And was like, hey, Atari, someone's trashing you. What's up with that? 
And Atari's answer was, we honestly can't explain that article. Our executive sat with that reporter and he wrote what he wanted to instead of what was discussed with him. There are irresponsible trolls in even professional positions. We clearly said that what we were bringing was engineered designs and a lot of people clearly didn't understand what that means. Um, hunk of plastics, that's how you finalize the designs and confirm that's, yeah. and confirm that's what you get with the look and feel when you want yeah. finished Which products. is a very different tone from Sad. the interview itself. And how do we know? The register posted the audio of the interview. <laughs> 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 Which is great because the register's like, well, let's go through this one by one and here's the, the section of the interview that where we discussed that. Yeah. And you can hear that Basically, Atari is very early on in the process. They have nothing finalized. They don't. The person who was talking with the interviewer didn't really know how the final product was going to work. And um, you should be concerned if you're Indiegogo in this thing because it's they've already missed a launch. Then they had to do an Indiegogo, and now we don't. That, which isn't finished yet. It, they they succeeded in their Indiegogo, by the way. This is happening um, in whatever format it's going to happen. Um, but, but it's yeah. not really. I think done. the format is going to be a lawsuit after the. Fact. <laughs> Well, and it, the the interesting thing is, is... Something's coming out. It sounds like they're going to ask for money again. You think? Yes. Why do you say that? They haven't finished asking for money here. Yeah. I don't know that I get that vibe, Anna. At least not from the interview. Coming out of E3, it sounded like they were going to start asking for money again. What I think is happening and what was the subtext I took away from the interview, so this is not for sure, um, was that you know they needed to do an Indiegogo in order to prove that the funding was viable to their other partners. You know, you, We hear this all the time. People get a Kickstarter, and the Kickstarter isn't really providing the funding. It's the uh, venture capitalists who want to see enough interest expressed on Kickstarter. So I think that's what's going on here. Oh, you think it's a Shenmue? Yeah. So, gotcha. I mean, they, they've raised $3 million on Indiegogo, and I think they'll get much more than that from their other investors now that they've got a successful Indiegogo going on that raised millions of dollars. That's not n something to scoff at. Uh, but then now they're going to actually finalize and make this thing, and I don't think it actually exists yet. And that was very clear in the interview from three months ago, and we'll see. But uh, it was just really funny to see them call out this... this, this uh, this press outlet it's the register who tends to be a more satirical outlet but like they don't print lies and stuff so it was really funny to see the register like actually yeah we tend to be negative and stuff but like we were serious here and here's let's back it up <laughs> it was great so go listen to it if you want to laugh at atari and uh if you backed it um i hope it works out for you there's of course a good chance it will um i'm not predicting it'll be great but hey you're gonna get something probably maybe <laughs> Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. <laughs> yeah, this has been completely off my radar, so <laughs> I've never once you know, I've been getting emails about this because I'm on their list somehow this whole time and I've never been tempted to sign up for it. So did, Chris, well, did you buy a hat with a speaker in no, it? No. <laughs> did not. Did not buy a speaker hat. Did not want a speaker hat. Well, and I mean, I think the thing that was really interesting is like right after this got posted and it has since been deleted is like one of the guys that does PR for Atari was like uh, basically made a couple of tweets claiming that they asked really unfair questions. And of course, one of the clips in this article is the guy pointing out that all of the questions that they're asking is really fair. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> and I'm just like, shit, I wish I could. All right. So, <laughs> um, obviously, Atari could use you as a social media coordinator, Anna. So, they should really get on that. But uh, in the meantime... I, just, I feel bad for people that don't know that this isn't Atari. <laughs> yeah. They've got, the, they've got the logo. 
That's yeah, all but, you need. Ugh. All right. So what you need, being an RP gamer out there trying to figure out what you're going to play this year, is to read more of our, our, e, our E3 impressions. So yes. go to the site, click we on the E3 button. We have all the impressions. They're all up now. We have so. like 70 or something. There's like a lot that. of them. Um, so many impressions. And if that's too much, we have a highlights. So where everybody, both people who went to the show and people who stayed home, kind of picked their big three. Um, for each person, so you could see what they thought was cool to, uh, to look at. So you can kind of read through that and try and figure out what your big three are. Or just tell us in the comments what your big three are. That'd be good to know. And then somebody else who's like, what happened to E3 can come and have this whole thread of like, wow, look at all these cool games that were E3. I'm excited. I have hype. And that's what we all need, right? More hype? No? Something to distract us from the news? Okay. We also, if you have a Switch, we have a big old uh, uh, thing up that's upcoming Switch RPGs. And it's a little depressing when you consider how many of these things are on other platforms. But hey, at least if you have a Switch, you're going to have a lot of stuff to play on it. So let me run down the big uh, upcoming Switch RPGs to watch. We've got Banner Saga 3 coming uh, this month, like tomorrow. We have Dark Souls Remaster coming later this year. Fire Emblem The Three Houses coming out sometime. They say spring of 2019. We'll see. Octopath delayed once. <laughs> yeah, Octopath Traveler coming out in July. Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire, which is already out on PC and other platforms. It's coming out in holiday, uh, so later this year. Shining Resonance Refrain coming out mid-July. The World Ends With You Final Remix supposedly coming out quarter three this year. We didn't hear anything about it at E3, so a little concerned about that. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4 coming out in September. We talked about that earlier. Wasteland 2's Director's Cut. That's a game that you can already play on PC and consoles, but it is coming out for Switch in quarter 4, 2018. The Xenoblade Chronicles 2 DLC. And then we have um, even more. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why these... All right. August will bring you Cosmic Star Heroine. October will bring you Disgaea 1 Complete. Sometime this year, you'll get Minute, which Michael Cunningham really likes. Mm-hmm. Super Neptunia RPG hits this fall. Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition comes this winter, winter 2018, which that would technically mean the last week of December. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Um, don't or, you love it when, when well, the companies other, do that? Well, I guess <laughs> the, the other part of winter 2018 already happened. So maybe they're going to go in, bat, in the past and release it in February. I don't know how that's going to work. Um the Lost Child comes out in mid-June. Uh, no, that's out now. You can play it right mm-hmm. now. You can go play it. RPGs on your Switch. Play. Titan Quest hits in July. Victor Ran Overkill sometime later this year. Y2K, a postmodern RPG sometime later this year. And Ease 8, Lacrimosa of Donna, which you were already hearing us talk about earlier, hits in a few days. Woo, that's a lot of RPGs on your Switch now that I think about it. And that that little system has been just killing it. Yeah, I guess since what, it came out, you know. And what's really cool is just like you've got like these indie things that would fit right on a Vita, along with these giant console PC giant games like your Dark Souls and your um, what was the other one? I was thinking Wasteland and stuff like that. It's like you got all sorts of stuff to play. Jeez. It's like, you know, normally I hold off on buying a new system the first year it comes out because there's always that drought where there's just nothing out on it. And mm-hmm. I feel like this year they just kind of like came right out of the gate with, uh, well, since it came out, they came right out of the gate with Zelda and then had all these indie hits. And it's just been a fun little system to play on. I mean, if you were holding on to the Switch and only waiting for like first party Nintendo titles, maybe you'd be a little 
you know, sad. But if you're a real person who has not reasonably played all those games I just listed, because honestly, who could keep up with all of that? There's probably mm-hmm. some titles on there that you could play on your Switch, and that's a good spot for you to be in. So, Yeah. <sighs> all right. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, which is why, of course, everyone's down on the Switch right now, because... <laughs> There's too much Wait, awesome ever... happening. Yes, the, like People the investors. Yes, the investors are down. Uh, Nintendo had a terrible showing at E3, and yes, we all realize when you think about it. But there's actually a lot of stuff coming to the Switch. Um, it's yeah. just that Nintendo's presentation at E3 was very not impressive, unless you liked Smash Brothers. But a lot of people like Smash Brothers. So. Yeah, but a lot of people don't care about Smash Brothers too. So not true. <laughs> there was no, there was no like mainstream hit. And I don't think Smash Brothers hits that same vibe that like Mario or Zelda hits. That might be a controversial thing. I don't know. <laughs> but for once, it seems like they're getting the third-party RPG I know. support. On yeah, this they've got all these third-party games. They've got all these ports coming. So like, you might be disappointed at other ports. But that's my whole point about like you probably haven't played all these. So who cares if they're ports? If it's new to you. It's on the Switch. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we have some editorial stuff. We've got a big old interview with Earthlock, um, uh, with Earthlock, with Snowcastle Games. Um, so this was uh, answered by, looks like most of these were answered by Nikola Karesovic, who is a junior game designer for Snowcastle. So big old discussion about Earthlock. Um, oh, we've also got another guy. Let's see, who's the other one? Mm, oh, we've got uh, Frederick Dahl Tiskerud who's a lead artist and someone who's abbreviated BS, which is always an unfortunate, but a comical abbreviation, uh, Bendix Stang, the CEO of Snowcastle. So there you go. So you can go read all sorts of things about Earthlock and they talk about Earthlock too. So, um, yeah, go read that. And then when you're done, you can read the interview we have with Rainbow Skies studio, uh, their CEO actually of SideQuest Studios, Marcus, uh, Pukrovsky. I'm sorry, I'm butchering that. Uh, and they talk about the upcoming Rainbow Skies game. So you can go read that interview as well. And then if you're going to be like us, all right, everybody. Steam put out a tool this week that tells you how much money you've spent on Steam. Um, it doesn't include codes you've redeemed. It's about external funds you've spent. What's everyone's total? $500. Um, Ooh. 449.70. Ooh. That was eight hundred and thirty dollars. I'm three thousand nine hundred sixty dollars. <laughs> Sorry. Feel free to post in the show thread and let us know how you compare. We're I'm kind of trying for my own sanity's sake, trying to find someone who's spent more than me because we haven't yet, and I'm sure they're out there. I, we know they're out there. It's just is there's is that not our a lot of them of out the there. Week? How yeah, much money you spent... have you spent on? I like that. <laughs> Can we put that in there? <laughs> We could segue it with uh, what did you buy anything in the Steam sale and how much money have you spent total? Okay, cool. I like it. <laughs> uh, all right, so we got some news briefs. We've got some more Zanke Zero. Uh, no, briefs. Oh. New, new Zanke Zero media and details. So you can go watch some. Uh, they've got like the first 10 minutes of the footage of that game. That's the game with the human clones and stuff like that. And I don't know what's going on. Done by the Danganronpa uh, developers. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go uh, read about that and watch that. We have a featurette video from Shadows Awakening. This is the remake slash sequel to Shadows Heretic Kingdoms. 
So I didn't actually realize that it's basically redoing the story of Heretic Kingdoms as well. So I'm even more excited for this. That's a Diablo style game and your character gets to shapeshift into different forms like a dog, a giant ghost guy, a bee I saw at some point, a wolf man. Like it's crazy. So I'm excited for this game um, because you get to do lots of crazy stuff in it. So you can watch that uh, six and a half minute video. Um, And it sounds like there's more videos to come. Uh, When is that game coming out? Was that? No, that's not coming to Switch. That makes me sad. I'll have to play it on PC then or something. Fall of 2018. Uh, We have the Darkest Dungeons uh, expansion, The Color of Madness. Is this going to be... Like, I thought that game was already about madness, so I don't know what that's going to do. So (laughs) They're talking about the trailer showing the new content from its Farmstead location and its endless quest mode that they're adding so you can watch that trailer. We have Anima Gates of Memory. No, Anima Gate of Memories, The Nameless Chronicles. It's now available. The Switch version has a date. <sighs> so Anima Gate of Memories, The Nameless Chronicles. It's available on PC, PS4, and Xbox One for 20 bucks. Um, there's a bundle of on the consoles that includes the first game, Anima Gate of Memories, as well. And the Switch version of the games is coming out on June 29th. So that's this week. So you can go check all that out if you want to care about Anima. I don't know anything about Anima. Um, have any of you followed this at all? No? No. Okay. Nope. So I have no idea if I should be playing this or not. It looks side-scrolling, beat-em-up-y, um, but I guess it's also an RPG, so figure that out. Victor Vran is coming to the Switch, and we have a date. August 28, 2018. This is the one that has, like, the Motorhead stuff, right? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it does. It has uh, this is the Overkill edition coming to Switch, so it includes the over the Motorhead through the ages and Fractured Worlds expansions. This is uh, also a Diablo style game. Um, it's coming to Switch. That's pretty cool. I might play that on Switch if I am ever allowed to touch my Switch again. <laughs> um, that's coming in August, so I will not have time to play it in August. So I don't know when I'll actually get to do it. We have a character creator trailer for Code Vein. I looked at it and yawned, and I don't care. You can check it out and see if you care. Did you play it at E3? I did. And? I, I did not like it. Um, I'm one of the three impressions that we link in the next story where we talk about more details and screenshots from the game. So if you want to go learn about some story, maybe it'll make sense to you. And <laughs> you can watch that. Um, the video... Well, I guess we don't have a video in the second one. It's just screenshots. But uh, you can read our impressions again of our five-minute to... I think Zach got... Zach got to play for like half an hour somehow, so maybe read his impression. <laughs> Code Vein, Anime Dark Souls. All right. So, uh, with that, we had a question of the week about your hot takes from the uh, E3s, the Electronic 3s. So, Shaman Rodin said, The only three things I unreservedly loved at E3 were Cosmic Star Heroin on Switch. Yakuza on PC. And I can finally play Donkey Kong like Billy Mitchell with an emulator and the cement factory. (laughs) That's referring to a stage that was not in the NES version. That is in the arcade version. So, Um, I think they're trying to, somebody's trying to get uh, a control or a controller holder kickstarted where you can play your switch in vertical mode while yeah, still holding the joy cons it's been kickstarted oh has oh, it? it has yeah, oh, yeah. i was thinking it's been, about it's kick- been fully funded already i was thinking about funding cool. it and then i realized maybe i'll just wait and buy it but then maybe i yeah. shouldn't wait i don't know should i get that 
I'm trying to think of what I'd play on it, and the answer is Ikaruga. And that's it. Yeah, that's right? that's exactly why I would want it is for Ikaruga, but it's going to depend on how much it is. Yeah. All right. Um, so here's how I play on vertical mode. I take the controllers off my Switch, I put it in my bedside stand, and I flip it to portrait mode. And then I play with my controllers by my sides while I'm laying down in bed. And it's very very comfortable. So... Also, I have the ability to spin my TV sideways on a wall. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I bought. I made sure when I bought my TV mounts that they could go vertical. Because <laughs> I knew I like shmups. <laughs> uh, that said, uh, this is kind of cool. Um, yeah, and go go find that Kickstarter if you want to. I forget what it was called. but Okay, more E3 hot takes from Gamer Esquire says, Enjoyed the marathon episode with all your thoughts on this year's E3. Well, thank you. Uh, highlights for me include the new Octopath Traveler demo announcement, Golf Story, and Cosmic Star Heroine getting a physical Switch version, as well as the Fire Emblem Three Houses trailer. What impressed me most about the Fire Emblem trailer was the numerous similarities to the Tellius games. Looking forward to spring 2019. So, uh, if, and if you didn't notice in that trailer, besides the uh, overall look that looks like the Tellius games, which I guess is the, uh, the GameCube and Wii games, um, they also have like this giant army battle thing going on, which is really weird. And Game Explain has like a really good trailer breakdown thing if you want to watch to get like a lot of insight into what's probably happening in in that battle mode because yeah you see that like you've got unit types that are all based on what the main hero unit is and you can see that you can scare away the 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 supporting units from that main unit and all this sort of weird stuff Well, there's that weird little clip where you can see that the like the commander is like reforming his troops into Mm -hmm. like a triangle and then charging forward and you're like what the hell is that what's that for and it seems like it's for clearing out support troops i don't know what's going on it's a lot of speculation but uh they did a a good analysis one of those crazy like conspiracy theory type analyses where they try and (laughs) um figure out a lot from very little information so you can watch that and I liked it. I liked it. So, Flamethrower says, I don't own a Switch yet, but I'm waiting for a price drop to $250. Octopath Traveler looks great. It's like a sequel to Live Alive or Saga Frontier with all its characters with their own stories. Kingdom Hearts 3 looked the best, probably because I'm distracted by the shiny. The gameplay looks the same old, but I am definitely willing to pay for more levels and better graphics with the same gameplay. And a new original story, of course. It seems like nothing is coming in terms of RPGs for 2019, and this year has been ludicrous. Hmm, do, you, yeah, yeah. do you think that they're going to lower the price of the Switch anytime soon? No. No. I don't think so either. All right. Re- Ricky Yame says, I like that we almost got a new Tenchu, but instead got Sekiro. Sekiro has turned into a harder Bloodborne Dark Souls, so they claim. Ghost looks like Bushida Blade meets Dynasty Warriors, and Bungie hasn't learned anything. <laughs> Ouch. Hot takes. <laughs> if you want to leave feedback for the show and tell us if you got anything in the Steam sale and how much you've spent on Steam, you can do it at three ways. Podcast at RPGamer.com. Call or text us at 608-729-4098. Or you can listen to the show live. Um, and you can go uh, post feedback on the... Uh, yeah, and post in our chat room. Or post feedback on our Twitter. Because we'll, we'll post this question of the week to the Twitter. And of course, go to the new site. Go to RPGamer.com. Click on po- RPGcast under the podcast section. There'll be a show thread for episode 466. You just post your comment right inside that. Couldn't be easier. We right. got Discord, Discord too. We have Discord. There's too many ways. I can't monitor all these things. 
Oh, but you all are helping me. So yes, you can post it on our Discord too. I don't know where, but somewhere in the Discord. <laughs> we, I can say we have a feedback channel now. I don't. Oh, that might work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or you could put it in Alice's Mecha Palace, which seems to be the <laughs> the one channel we all check before the show starts. <laughs> Seeing if there's more mechas. Yes. <laughs> all right. New game releases for this week. Um, we have very little, from what I can tell. Um, it looks like uh, Ease 8, Lacrimosa of Donna, of course, for the Switch, and I don't know what other platforms, too. No, it's out on everything else. Oh, it, it's out, yeah. And then Near Automata becomes God's Edition on the Xbox One. Um, and we kind of, this stuff already came out this past week, the Anima Gates of Memories, Antiquia Lost on PS4 in Europe, um, the Lost Child on PS4 Vita and Switch here, the Traveler, Octopath Traveler demo, Shining Resonance Refrain demo, that's all out. So yeah, that's it. It's a very light week, sorry. Um, so hopefully I reminded you to try those demos and, uh, yeah, just use it to catch up on stuff, you know? Or you can subscribe, well, you can't do it for a dollar anymore, but you can subscribe to Game Pass and try all the weird games until xbox actually adds all the new stuff they were talking about adding at their e3 convention and they still haven't given a date for when that's coming and i'm still waiting for all the new stuff that they promised what are you playing this week kelly um lost child lost child anna lost child josh or ass creed ass creed um i am probably just gonna play a bunch more metroidvanias <laughs> i'll go i'll get get you updated next week to see where i'm at play all the metroidvanias yeah i'll probably uh bust out the computer connection to my living room and so what we do oh sgdq is on this week it starts tomorrow um and so what i've been doing is i play i have a little monitor on my uh coffee table so i'm playing a console on the little monitor and then we have sgdq up on the big screen um we've had also world cup soccer up on the big screen we had zeldathon up on the big screen we had e3 videos up on the big so we do that stuff in the background and i'm playing a console and it's playing the switch um it this is like my poor man switch is like oh it's like it's kind of portable and that i put a monitor on a table in front of me that's not portable at all um yeah. and that's why i'm playing stuff so it's weird i should probably do it the other way and have like the stream on the little monitor and play the game on the big tv but this is working better for some reason okay that's all i got I was gonna I was gonna make a point to donate to AGDQ this summer in honor of um Andrew Fitch. Oh, nice. Thank just because that was sad and really sucked to lose such a great member of our podcast community. I mean not our specific podcast community, of but you know we video gaming podcast yeah. community. Yeah. Because we I mean, we kinda all know each other like through six degrees of separation. Right. And right. That one just hit me hard, and he died of cancer. So, what's uh, SGDQ's charity this summer? I thought it usually is cancer. Yeah, or I cancer know. I, research. Uh, just checking. Let's see. Is it? Uh, sometimes it's Doctors Without Borders. So this time it is. I don't know. Let's see. Come on, summer games done quick. The schedule, and the dates. Are you kidding me? Who's it for? doesn't say <laughs> i don't know who it's for See, um, uh, i'm gonna try and donate during a konami game because i know that he worked worked for konami he's worked for a bunch of companies he yeah he actually was working for exceed um when he got sick oh yeah it's kind of funny because um 
I don't know if you knew. He he's been working on Story of Seasons. <clears throat> oh, uh, you see, I'm confused because I know that the brother worked for or works for um, Natsume. Yeah, Natsume. Yeah, so their yeah. brothers are working on competing twin, products. Twin <laughs> twin brothers working on the two Harvest Moon, Harvest yeah. Moon and Story of Seasons. <laughs> which made it so confusing trying to remember who works for what company and the names are already so similar anyway. Adam and Andrew? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it puts the whole farming wars into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember when they were both on um, Geekbox trying to tell the two voices apart. It was just... Oh, yeah, no, they bad. sound so much alike. And them telling a story about how when they worked at in, at Konami together, that they both sounded like a crazy person when they would argue. <laughs> All right, I figured it out. They are playing for Doctors Without Borders. Okay. So not the Prevent Cancer Foundation, but you could still donate anyway, right? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And with that, we're going to call it for the week. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, over here at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Or keep downloading this in your podcatcher, your uh, your Overcast, your Downcast, your Apple Podcast, your Google, whatever the heck you use on Google Cast thing. Yep. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Have a good one. See Bye-bye. Ya. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.